Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Free Thought Profit Podcast. I'm Seamus, and we have, well, an interesting crew. <laughs> They're always interesting. And then there's poor, poor Javier, the man of two names. Yes. Welcome back for more. Well, how's it going, man? It's all good, man. I can't complain. I'm loving it. Awesome. Like Excellent. It. It's great to see you again, Javier. It's been too long. Oh yeah, uh, longer than it should be. And I'm always, I'm always open to come on and you know cause some controversy. So good. Yes. Dude. Well, we're going to touch some third rails today, so no better man to help us out. But well, we should probably discuss what everybody's drinking because I know that's a uh, that's uh-huh. important on here. So uh, I'm sipping right now on uh, some Guinness, but I will as advertised. Rowan Co. So. Oh, look out! Two bottles. Where are you at, Martin? No row and cow? No, I thought I'd just stick with the beer, just some no-name, yeah, no low-cost beer. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We got what now? Freeway Cola XX. <laughs> yes, that is Barry. the little... Party expect to solve the problems of the world, Barry, with Freeway Cola. Well, but no, because today is a special X. day, so I also have this stuff. What's that? <sighs> Oh, sugar. Coca-Cola Zero, Sugar, Coke Zero. Is it Cherry Coke? Yes, it is Cherry Coke. Just to celebrate your new contract, Barry. I didn't. Nothing's happened yet. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah. Oh, so we're not allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I did sign a contract, but nothing's happened yet. So I don't want to say anything about it, but I guess I did. So you'll be writing for... Make an effort, Javier, to be friendly with Barry. He's going to be super famous in the near future. All right. I'll try to keep that in mind. As long as you don't <laughs> I have nothing but contempt for people who try to be friendly with me. <laughs> so what about you, Javier? What you drinking? Anything good? Nothing. Nothing to drink. Uh, usually, if I drink, usually if I drink, I got to use the bathroom, and I don't want to ruin the, the stream. So, yeah. Well, you could be like some podcasters who actually do their podcast in the bathroom. <laughs> Just yeah. for- <laughs> it's a whole new meeting to live stream. Yes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're not aware of this, Javier, uh, I think it's two months ago now that Seamus highlighted the fact um, that the Atheist Alliance International podcast mm. appears to be broadcast from uh, Jason Sylvester's shitter. Um, and uh, Ever since this fact was highlighted, uh, the Atheist Alliance International podcast has been off air. They haven't come back. <laughs> Y'all are always shitting on the goddamn atheists. <laughs> they make Boom. it easy. And. <laughs> uh. um, Okay, so the, there's a reason for the uh, the Rowan Co. and the um, title of your episode, Seamus. Um, so in the last Supreme Court term, uh, Roe versus Wade went, and we have some more controversial cases coming up um, in this Supreme Court term. So I think the two that we're going to discuss today are the uh, the gay weddings case, of which we had a very similar one um, on this side of the pond. Um, and then uh, the affirmative action uh, case. Um, so let, let's start with a gay wedding one, uh, Javier. Um, so uh, le- let me tell you very quickly our kind of 
perspective on this because we had a similar case, uh, as I say, on this side of the water. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a gay couple went to a well-known conservative Christian bakery and asked for a cake for their wedding. I believe they asked for one with uh, Burton Ernie on it uh, from Sesame Street. Um, the uh, conservative Christian bakery did not want to bake the cake because they were opposed to gay marriage. So uh, there was a, a case of discrimination taken and the gay couple won at every stage until they got to the Supreme Court and then the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the bakery. Uh, so yeah, where, where it ended up was a, a compelled speech ruling. You cannot compel someone to uh, express a view that they do not agree with. Well, and I a think, bit, it was a bit more, it was a okay, bit more. Uh, maybe you can add some topspin there. Oh, that's, that's yeah, the American because, one, Seamus. Yep. Yeah. In the Irish case, what happened was they asked for a gay cake from these uh -huh. Christians, but written on the cake was support gay marriage. Okay. And what the what every case up to the Supreme Court said was, if you're in the cake making business, you should make cakes for people and not discriminate. But the Supreme uh -huh. Court just said that what they were actually objecting to was having to say support gay marriage when they didn't, uh -huh. as a religious thing, like not as an opinion, but as a religious tenet, yep. I guess. And that's the problem. Not that the that they were being asked to make a gay cake okay. for gay people. That, so you can that kind does of see make that. a difference. Yeah, yes, that does make a difference. Um, so. I think I kind of still uh, disagree with the bakery on that one, although it's a close call. Uh, so the the case that you you guys are going to deal with on your side of the pond, uh, Javier, is slightly different. I think um, it's kind of a preemptive case, isn't it? Is it uh, isn't that right, Seamus? Like there, there's no yeah. gay couple has asked for a case yet, uh, asked for a cake yet, but the bakery is saying actively. Uh, the law could compel me to uh, bake a cake with a gay marriage slogan, and they're taking a case in advance. Yeah, Go because... for it, mm. Oh, sorry, Ed Martin. What, so wasn't there one masterpiece cake shop, uh, older case, yes. where a gay couple... This was in Colorado, I think. Oh, sorry, I know nothing about this, remember. Um, <laughs> where a couple did actually ask for the cake, and, yeah, that went up to the Supreme Court and was at 7-2 in favour of the cake shop. Is in favour of the cake shop, cake? Uh, turning down the gay couple? Yes. And the okay. two dissenting were Ginsburg and Sotomayor. Yeah. But it okay. was sort of an overwhelming in favour of the cake shop, um, even though the cake shop, yeah, had lost at every point up to that stage. So what do you... What do you think, Javier? E even if there's a Supreme Court precedent um, on one side of this issue, it doesn't seem like the current court is minded to pay too much attention to precedent. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it feels like um, you guys know what entrapment is, right? It's kind of like yep. when the police officers will um, set up a situation to kind of basically yeah. bait somebody into committing a crime and it's called entrapment um oftentimes a lot of these cases come off as entrapment it's as if like there is some kind yeah. of like motive to um go to a business that you know is not friendly to your lifestyle or something like that so you can yeah. say hi got you um 
But that says nothing about whether the precedent should stand, whether or not um, we should honor the fact that if you are selling goods to the public, then you have an obligation to offer those services to everyone, regardless of what your religious um, perspectives are, because you are mm -hmm. open to the public. Um, where it gets dicey is there are certain businesses far as like photography or painting or something of that sort that just that involves yep. a person using their personal um, skills to to create something for someone. And then it gets into the territory of can I force you to use your skills to do something that you disagree with? Now, if they bake cakes and the cakes are all on display and they're already uh -huh. pre-baked for the public to come in and buy them, then absolutely you should never have to you shouldn't be able to deny anybody to buy that cake and mm -hmm. they can go off and do whatever they want to that cake the, the question then becomes can i force you to use your hands and use your skills personally to do something you disagree with and i would argue that yes and no um i do believe that people should have the ability to freedom of association is a real thing and i believe uh -huh. that in america we value that but on the other side uh, we don't tolerate discrimination. So I'm lucky not to be the one who has to make these decisions. But I will say that if I had to make the decision, I would I would probably err on the side of the, the religious freedom and the people's mm. ability to determine what they do with their own art and what yep. they do with their own hands. Yep. Sorry, I just had to block somebody in the chat <laughs> for uh, trying to sell sex uh, sexy food. Ah, yeah, you block a shine. That's, Come that's on. Respect <laughs> is good, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, unless I'm getting a cut, okay? Because Pippin ain't easy. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, negotiate with you. Yeah, okay. So, Fair enough. So I, I did want to update uh, what I posted up here, though. Just for those that uh, I talked, Barry, because you've been uh, elected the dictator, right? Uh, yeah. Did, did you read that for our audio sure. listeners? I say the words. Um, in 2008, Colorado amended the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, CADA, to expand its anti-discrimination protections to members of the LGBTQ community. In 2016, 303 Creative, a company that wants to offer wedding web design services, along with its owner, filed a pre-enforcement challenge to the law in federal court. They object to same-sex marriage and argue that CADA compels their speech in violation of the First Amendment by requiring the company to offer the same services to same-sex couples. Uh, okay. So, um, in a minute, by the way, we, uh, after we kind of uh, discuss what should happen, we should uh, we should say a few words about what we think might happen with this particular court. Um, but uh, I have to say, from my side, I totally get the compelled speech argument. I don't think you, you should compel someone to express a view that they disagree with. Um, I'm not sure there really are, though. Like, in the in the Belfast case, Barry, there's nothing oh, to stop. Um, there's nothing to stop the uh, the cake company putting up a big sign in their shop that says, uh, "We think." homosexuals are sinful and they're all going to burn in hell or whatever their particular view of the world is. Um, in the Colorado web design case, uh, I think most web design companies put a little link to their own website at the bottom, designed by uh, Barry Technologies or whatever it is. Like They can put in their website, we really don't believe in gay marriage for religious reasons. Like, um, 
nobody's telling them that they have to change their mind. Um, it's just uh, writing do you, one do slogan you think, on a cake. Do you think then that it is a, I mean, that they should be forced by law to write support gay marriage on a cake? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I think um, when you... You can't, you can't just go and open a business tomorrow. Uh, at Barry, you have to register your business with the company registration office. You yes. have to register for corporation tax. Yes. Once you open the shop, you have to apply plan for planning permission to run that business. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you, you have to jump through a big bunch of hoops with the state in order to open a business. And in return, the state gives your business a bunch of services. Um, you get, you know, the, the, if someone's coming to rob your shop, the police will come and stop them. Yes. And the state will do that for you. Uh, and part of the quid pro quo is you have to serve everyone um, because you, 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 you could put the hypothetical the other way, uh, Barry, there, there, are, there are Christian identity uh, denominations who believe that the, the Mormons used to say dark skin is the mark of Cain and the Mormons <laughs> have a bunch of uh, racist beliefs and stuff like that. There's still, there are people still believe that. So, what what happens if a um, uh, if a if a drinks fountain company in Alabama decides that we're Christian identitarians and for religious reasons we want our African American customers to use this water fountain <laughs> and uh, our white customers to use that water Whites fountain? Only. <laughs> like, would, would, would you compel them uh, to let everyone use the same water fountain? I would. I do think that a lot of these, what should we do in the gay case, uh -huh. uh, is thrown into sharp relief if you say, like, well, what if they were black people? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it tends to kind of sort out a lot of those difficulties. I saw an interview with Jordan Peterson once, everyone's friend Jordan Peterson, <laughs> where he was talking about whether, whether Christian companies should be allowed, and he was kind of prevaricating. And then somebody said, well, he says, do you think that a shop should be prevented from selling black people a cake based mm -hmm. on any religious belief they might have about black people? And he said, no, of course not. And then he said, well, and then the interviewer said, well, should that also, that logic also not apply to, to gay people? People. And he stopped. And in, in his defense, unlike every other alt-right person I, I've seen, he said, you know, he says, you're right. He says, I have to do some more thinking about that. <laughs> All right. I, I've thought about that. I, I think I don't like when people when people compare black people and gay people, not saying that they're the same, okay. but uh -huh. when, when they use black people as an example to draw the comparison. Sure. And the reason is because I can't hide being black. That's something yeah, that okay. I cannot like. Being black isn't a lifestyle. It's a skin color. Okay. Uh, gay, being homosexual is something that you could hide. And not only is it something that you can hide, it is something that is a lifestyle. It's something that you are actively engaging in or deciding to engage in. Just like me being heterosexual is, I can hide that. I can't hide um, being black. That's something that is completely a non-starter. Mm. I can guarantee you that there are gay people who can go into a, a cake uh, a bakery and the bakery will never know they're gay and get a cake baked and they can completely hide that. I could never do that as a black person. Am I choosing the heterosexual lifestyle? Is that what I've been doing all these years? Yes. No, I'm saying you can't hide it. I'm, I'm saying it's not, okay. it's not something that you wear. It's not something that you wear on your shoulders. It, sure, okay. It's not the same type of uh, situation. I can never do anything to stop being black. I can never hide that from anyone. 
Elton John. I feel, I feel like he didn't. I feel like he didn't try, Javier. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting point. So, are they objecting to serving homosexual people, or are they objecting to, like, so if so if I went in and I said I'm heterosexual, mm. but I'd like this cake, but I'm going to use this cake for my friend who is mm. homosexual for their celebration, or whatever, and they object to that. So they're still. So what are they objecting to? Actually serving homosexual people or doing anything that has any relation, like any connection to homosexual yeah, people? That's a good question because mm. um, are we arguing that they didn't want to write what they wanted on the mm. cake? See, that that's something that we have to decide because now if I went into a racist establishment, especially if it's a known racist establishment, and I said, hey, I want you to put on there, uh, once you go black, you never go back, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? See, uh, it, it's I get why people make the comparison between gays and blacks, but I just never saw being black as something that you could even potentially hide. And therefore, society corrects for something that is is obvious. You can't you cannot hide your skin color. Or at least I mean Michael Jackson was able to do so, but um <laughs> But for the most part, you can... he had a skin condition, Javier. <laughs> but you can be right. you can be a hundred percent gay, and nobody could possibly even know it. That's why they have this thing called coming out of the closet. Yeah. And I never had to come out of the closet as a black man. That's not not something mm. that you could ever do. So um, you could go get a cake made, and it's I, I can guarantee you as a gay man, you can go get a cake made, and I guarantee you, you can probably get a cake made without them people knowing you were ever gay in the first place. Yeah, I think that that's related to your first point, Javier, which is that some of these cases, and I believe the uh, Belfast case is an example of this, some of them are basically um, people uh, looking for a court case. Um, so like, I, I think the, the gay couple in Belfast deliberately sought out the, um, the conservative Christian bakery because they knew uh, they were going to create uh contention and controversy um so as you as you say like if they wanted to get a cake for their wedding they could have got a cake for their wedding um i mean against that um if i if i thought uh let's say i thought there was some establishment that was anti-semitic mm -hmm. and some um uh, like as you said, you could uh, a Jewish person could go in and get served there, and they would never know it was a Jewish Jewish person. But let let's say you um, you uh, you got a, a Hasidic Jew with the big hat and, and the twirls, and they went in and got refused. I, I mean, I, I would say even if they were looking for trouble, even if they could have gone to another shop if they wanted to. It's still wrong to refuse to serve the Jewish person, if you know what I mean. Uh, so Javier's, for Javier's previous uh, counter argument, let's assume that uh, that guy could hide being Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's say um, he has a brother who is not devout and is secular, but is every bit as Jewish and could go in uh, into the shop with a, a Yankees baseball cap and no one would know the difference. Is that the least Jewish thing you can think of? <laughs> no, I was trying to think of a town with a big Jewish population. No, hockey. Playing hockey. That's the least Jewish thing. Or with a cowboy hat on or something. Okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw!
<laughs> I, I would say I, I would say this. Um, I think that let's let's try to reverse this situation a little bit. Let's say that there's a, a black owned business and majority of the people work there are black and they they majority uh-huh. serve a black community. Yeah. If a neo-Nazi walked in with a swastika on their forehead uh-huh. and a bunch of like just weird slang words against like black people tattooed on their body and stuff of that yeah. sort. Would you then make the argument that they have an obligation to serve that guy and treat him just as they would anybody else, any other customer? So uh, I would say, yes, they should serve that person unless they're wearing a Yankees hat and then they can get the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I would say, uh, you know, um, is it Skokie, Illinois? Uh, where the uh, the Nazi period case was mm-hmm. that's Skokie. I hate Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. I would. Uh, yeah. So I I would say um, you're entitled to put, put. I mean, people are entitled to say you're a dick, but you're entitled to have a, a swastika tattoo on if uh, if you're a dick. So that, my view of the world is that shouldn't be illegal. Well, I, I would still argue that some of the same people who are saying, like, yes, they should be able to serve these people. I think that while they will might still agree that the swastika on the man's forehead should not deny him service, I think a lot of people would still, the, the people on the side of they should, uh, the gay people should have the cake baked, would also be arguing, why would he go in there like that? Why would he yeah. know? Why would he knowingly go in there with a swastika on him? They, they would see that guy as like trying to set those people up and trying to stir exactly. up. Um, yes, that, that's like your entrapment point, um, yes. and I, I think that's true, Javier. Um, and I think that entrapment point is true in some of the gay cake cases. At least it was in the one that's happened closest here. Yeah, but here. the social value in taking these cases. Yes, I think that's true. I, I, I think I think you you can have uh, what you describe as uh, entrapment style behavior, and. Uh, like the way to not get entrapped is to serve the uh, the gay couple, and then you haven't been entrapped. Uh, so, yeah, that that's. I mean, the it's not really entrapment. Entrapment is more like a, a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Yes, it's not exactly entrapment. Yeah, it's more uh-huh. like being a, being a, intentionally looking to get these guys in trouble because you know they wouldn't want to serve your group of that's people. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I think that was part of the ruling in that masterpiece cake one um, that the 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 person asking for the cake had deliberately gone in there knowing that these people were fundamental christians or whatever and disrespecting their religion you know so i think that was used in the you know weighing well, up was masterpiece the, martin that was the us yeah america again okay thank yeah. you yeah but but like is it possible that that there's going to be a distinction made between who the customer is or or what characteristics the customer has so mm. like whether they're a nazi or a jew or gay or whatever and what services that person is asking the business to provide. So if the neo-Nazi walked in to the the black cake shop with the swastika on his forehead and everything and said, please make me a cake that says, once you go black, you never go back. Right now, they wouldn't object to making that cake necessarily. But he's obviously trying to get his life together, Martin. Yeah, yeah. So I made some mistakes. Okay. No, yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, it, it's like I think if they just is it, is it, it the yeah, person you that just... you're objecting to or the message on the cake? You're yeah, to. yeah. That, that's a good question, right? What if he says, "I want you to write the n word on this cake. I want, I want you to write the n word on this cake, right?" 
Mm. I- I'm pretty sure most people would say they shouldn't make that cake. Or they'd say, which N-word? You know what N-word. <laughs> you know, but I would I would definitely be 100% against them making that cake because it goes yeah. directly against uh, those people and, and their culture or whatever. It, it's, it's, a, it's an affront to what those people stand for. And while we may not agree with Christian logic, I don't agree with it 100%, right? But at the same time, to those people, their beliefs are sacred. Their beliefs are like codified by God himself. And just as a black man, if a Nazi came in and told me to write the N-word out on a cake, I would be offended by it and I would refuse to do it. To those people, it may just be as serious to them, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, but I, I think we all agree as a society what uh, profanity is generally. And... Um, the N-word and a bunch of other racial slurs, I think, would fall foul of that. Um, and, you know, other well, people yeah, you could, you could have... Get away with public decency, couldn't you? You could say for the purposes mm. of public decency, it wouldn't be about discrimination. It would be about any word, word that you that is just a matter of public decency. Yeah, but, I yep. mean, the, just like, for example, the N-word is widely used amongst black people, like, yep. in the black community. It's perfectly oh, stop bragging. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see... And I think that um, you know, I can, I don't. I think everybody has doesn't have the right to like. You don't have the right to not be offended. I, I don't believe yep. that, right? Yeah, I yeah, think that yeah. everybody should. It's okay to be offended, but where you should draw the line is participating in your offense. And mm. I think that the moment a Nazi asks me to write a, a derogatory term or something that's anti-black, it may not even be the n-word. It could just mean um, monkeys and trees or something. It, it could be something silly. That yeah. I know is an insult to to me as a person. Yeah, you have to accept that Christians may feel the same exact way because God told them in the Bible yes, that homosexuality is an abomination. That's a good point. But again, it's about the message versus the person, and so I, I understand there's another case coming up in the U.S. Is this right? That that's the trans cake one now. Oh, is there? Where I didn't know that somebody went into a cake shop and just wanted, I don't know, I, I, I have no idea what the details are, but let's just say, for example, it was a pink sponge with blue icing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this person just said, can you make me a pink sponge with blue icing? No message, nothing. And the person said, yeah, no worries. We'll do that for you. But then at some point, the cake maker found out that this was for a, oh, some on. sort of trans coming out sort of All right. event. Mm. And so at that point, they said, well, no, we're not going to do this for you. So, so it's nothing to do with compelled speech or bad message or or, or anything. That's identity politics. Objected to the customer. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so did yeah, we settle I mean, on if we would be okay with, say, Dr. Dre ordering a cake with "N word, please" written on it? Uh, I, I, I would. Th- <laughs> you asking the wrong black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm one. I'm one of the black. Well, guys I was throwing it like, open to everybody, but if you okay. feel qualified to take this upon you, <laughs> you should certainly address it. But for the sake of everybody on the panel, I will address this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm one of those. I'm one of those guys that like if, if black people are going to use the N word, I think anybody should be able to use it. Um, oh I really? Think, Are you serious? Yeah, I'm absolutely 100. Um, percent Really? I, I believe. You like, think if I, Dre drops the N word, wait, wait, wait. You think if Dre uses the N word, that he is signaling to white people that it's okay to use that word in response? 
No, Shamus I don't think the, I don't the think it's about signaling. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He's gonna Seamus has his finger. I can say anything right here. That's why they're, that's why they're panicking right now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking panic stations in the in the private chat, I probably <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't this think... conversation goes, I'm still not taking my Adidas jumper off. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> well, what do you mean that if you said if you said if, if, if a lot of people are going to use that word, so you, you think it's okay for other people to use it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you no, are saying that then, and if no, Ray drops that word, that he's signaling to white people that it's okay to use no, it in response. I don't to think him. he. I don't think he's consciously signaling that that's what he wants. I'm, I'm saying that nobody owns words. Nobody can determine. No, yeah, no wait, who, you, no, you're using logic, right? That's course. logical argument, but people don't live their lives by logic. Yeah, I get it. But when, when I was growing up, people said it's not about what people call you, it's what you answer to. And okay. the more you the more you overuse the word, it desensitizes people. Like right now, okay. people call any if you disagree with me, I can call you a racist, right? People sure, just yeah. throw the word racist or fascist out like it's candy yeah, these would, days. Yeah. Now when you actually call somebody a fascist, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. So, it just so, means Javier, a person are you I don't objecting like. to the use of the word fascist? Is that right? Is that what no, I'm hearing no. you say? No, no. What I'm saying, the overuse of the word fascist. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think I think you got to call racism racism when it's racism. And then there are some people who use racist to call anybody that disagrees with them uh, racist, and yeah. it desensitizes people from that word. So now mm. people no longer see racism or being called a racist as bad as they once did. Mm. And in order to give weight to a word, you got to treat it as serious as it should be. And that's yeah. the, that's how I feel with the N-word. Either you're going to not accept it or you're going to accept it. Because as long as you keep accepting it, other people will not take it as seriously as you want them to. So do you ever use that word, Javier? Of course. With your friends? I use it uh, with, without my friends. I, I, I mean, I'll say your own. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm from the projects, you know, uh, growing and raised. So uh, it was something that we said constantly. Uh, I'm not one of those people that say never say the N-word. I'm just saying, if you don't want people to say the N-word, stop saying it. That, that's just my stance. Like, okay. don't don't justify it by using it yourself. Sure. Okay. You know, so. Okay. Take notes. Take notes. <laughs> is there not a... Um, so to, to my mind, Javier, there's a... Um, there's a context issue so it's one thing screaming that word in the street at a black person with the intention of uh hurting them and causing them distress uh but you know there's that guy who got sacked out of netflix and <laughs> there's a shit ton of stories of people who were who said the word in order to explain how bad it is when yeah. people use that word and yeah, there's. Um, uh, I'm gonna get that wrong. Are you familiar with that case, Javier? Oh uh, yeah, the guy was actually trying to teach a class about like not using the word, and he said mm. the word in the process, and he ended ultimately getting fired because of it. Um, there's more to that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a, gr I just... a group of uh, no, a group of sensitivity people went to him and said, "Would you can't say that word." And he kept saying it after they went and explained it to him. Oh, is that the interview where he like he even like tried to use it like in slang and shit? Was trying to act like he was a hip dude. I don't know about that, but I know he kept saying it like almost deliberately after the sensitivity people told him it was probably a bad idea. I think I think it's the same. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm different not too... to like condition alpha. Yeah, but see, uh, I operate in a gray area, right? There are people who think black and white in a lot of issues. I'm not saying none of y'all are those people. I'm just saying that. Um, I grew up with, there were, uh, a few white guys who grew up with me in my projects and they you mean the, Chicago. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not from Chicago. I'm actually from Georgia. Uh, I'm but Georgia. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, and these white guys, they use the N-word. There were Mexicans that I grew up with who used the N-word. And like you said, context matters. But mm. ultimately, as society has grown and uh, social media has become a big thing, uh, we no longer see context anymore. So, um, yeah, I can get when somebody calls you the N-word, like with a hard R, and it's a person you don't know. As a black man, I feel as if they're trying to attack me verbally, mm. right? Okay. Um, but even in hip-hop, it's become so popular to use the N-word. White people will rap that word in the lyrics because they look up to these guys and they want to be a part of what's going yes. on, right? right? And as there's a group of black people in society that says, under no circumstances is it okay for a white person to use the N-word, right? right? But at the same time, when you put context to it, it's some white people that come from the same projects I come from, and they have every right to use that word because that's their culture just as much as it is mine. Okay. Mm. Hey, so we didn't think we we're going to get on to this question, Javier, <laughs> but neither has come up. Let, let me ask you a question. So that, this is, uh, I genuinely don't know the answer to this, but I've heard it said uh, several times that there are actually two different words. Um, I think you referred to uh, the N word with a hard R at the end. Yeah, and then people talk about uh, an N word with an A at the end, and it, it's not the well same. Done, John. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, do you give any credence to that idea, or or is that uh, special pleading, Javier? I understand what people mean when they say it. Um, it's never made a difference to me. Uh, okay. I mean, even if you say the N word, I know what you mean, mm. right? Like you saying the N word, just like if I say that. Oh, if I spell out B-I-T-C-H, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but we we pretend in society as if we don't know. Like, um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I just like the older I get and the more I debate politics, religion, and culture with different people, the more I start to realize how much BS we accept at face value. We just accept it because society tells us to do it. You know, like my mom told me not to curse growing up. So we would literally like just say certain words that meant the curse word, but we really was cursing. Yeah. And we just pretend like we're not. So I just think that the N word with the N I G G A or the N I G G E R, depending on the black person you say it in front of, they wouldn't care whether you said it with the E R or the A. To them, it wouldn't matter. To some people, it matters. I just look at society and realize none of these groups get to decide for everybody what's right and what's wrong. And mm. I just want people to be fair. Either you're against something or you're for it. And if you're going to be against it, be a hundred percent. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I've, well, I've also seen the argument made that um, I've seen some African-Americans who will look at a conversation like this and just be highly insulted at the four white guys using this term, the N word yeah. as if um, <laughs> they're, is this ever, uh, as if African-Americans are these special wallflowers who can't hear these two syllables, otherwise they'll melt and uh, their heads will explode or something. Um, yeah. well, so I've, I've seen an argument from multiple sides. Yeah, the, se- I- the 17th of September, 2007, uh, in Los Angeles, was the day and the place I discovered that uh, there are definitely some black people who do not <laughs> like it when a white person sings along with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh, I, I I don't like. I, I'm. I guess it, it was a good thing I wasn't born a white guy because um, I think that being the majority 
comes with a lot of privileges. It just does. And uh-huh. I would, if I was a part of the majority, I refuse to let the minority tell me what I can and cannot say. I'm to me, it's a bad strategy for black people. To me, uh, I just think that a lot of black people are unaware of their circumstances in America or in other countries. And I would wait, 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 stop, stop. What do you mean unaware of their circumstances? They don't have the power. And you're walking around. They're not aware of that. They're they're, they're walking around as if they have the power to control what white people say or not say. I don't. Really? Uh, Do you think there's not a group of black people will tell you you can't say that word? Just like. But I would say that comes from. I would say that I'm not explaining the black experience to you, Javier. But I would say that um, that kind of would come from an almost insecurity of being realizing that you are not in the powerful person in that scenario. Well, the, the high-profile case was uh, then Bill Maher used the N-word yep. uh, about a year ago, and then who was it? Ice came Cube. On? Ice, t- Ice, I, Ice Cube. What are, who did no. I say? Uh, it, was Ice, it was Ice Cube, not, not Ice T. It was Ice Cube, right? They're very different people. Yeah, Ice yeah. Cube. <laughs> yeah. It was Ice Cube and Bill Maher. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was the very next episode. He kind of gave Bill Maher a dressing down. You can't oh, say that word. That's shit. our word. Yeah, he yeah. gave him a lot of shit. Yeah, I just uh, I want to take away power from that word, and I just feel as if okay. as long as we keep giving it power, people are going to wield that power against us. And as a black person in America, I'm in control of my actions. Like a white person in America, you should be in control of your actions, or in Europe, or wherever you are, you're in control of your actions. I'm not going to let another person say something to me that causes me to act out of my character. I'm in control of that, and I, I need more black people to understand that when you tell people that they have power over you. By using a certain word, what you're doing is allowing them to control you. And you could be much better off proving these people wrong and showing your value than fighting some white guy on the streets because he said the wrong word. That's a waste of your time. It's going to put you in a worse position than you are today. For what? There's so much work to be done than allow a word to keep us triggered. And Mm. I've come too far in my life to be fighting some guy because he said the wrong word. To me, it's just not that important. So I want to take power away from that word. Challenge accepted. Okay. You know what I mean? So uh, that, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, uh, it's not what you, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. Well, I, have you, I, I understand. That's yeah. a very logical approach. But most people are not logical, right? Yes. And I think, <laughs> I mean, I don't live my life by logic. I'd like to think I do because I'm, you know, I like to think that I think things through. But a lot of my life is based on how I emotionally respond to things. And there's no point in pretending like it's not. Yeah. But as a as a um, content creator, as I am myself, um, I have over 11,000 subscribers on my channel. Um, there are people in my community who look up to me. I still go to the hood with all of my okay. ideas as a conservative. <laughs> and I believe as somebody who uh, at least leads or influences certain amounts of people i feel an obligation to lead the pack and to okay you have a responsibility a social responsibility yeah i have a social okay. responsibility so i can't okay. act as the average person does sure yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Good for you. so i think this is a good time to uh have you plug your show because i meant that actually <laughs> yep. have you plug your stuff in the beginning and i'm sorry i got sidetracked it's that's my good. fault that's it's- my fault i suck so it's so all I good. sit in shame now, so while you, you tell me how great you are, and tell everybody else how great you are. And how the fuck did you get 11,000 subscribers? You are blowing up, Javier. Yeah, really. Good job, man. It, it, I've, I've slowed down deserved, recently. Uh, richly deserved. Uh, yes. Yeah, I guess uh, when you say a lot of controversial things people want to hear, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but um, 
My show is the Javier Javier Show. Spell it twice. J-A-V-I-E-R. I talk politics, religion, and culture. Uh, hey. I'm also on Twitch as Mr. JJ himself. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. JJ himself. And um, I'm on Rumble as well. Don't really care for Rumble. Just putting it there in case YouTube ever kicks me off. But, you know, I also have it on podcast, the Javier Javier Isn't show. that why everybody's on Rumble in case YouTube kicks them off? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Rumble is trash, though. Rumble is so garbage. <laughs> well, now you're that, that making me interested thing, yeah. in checking it out. I mean, definitely. Uh, Tell it's, me it's... more about this garbage of yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me there: podcast, Rumble, Twitch, and YouTube. So that's kind of my thing. Oh. I have a question, Javier. So I'm interested in this concept that. Um, let's say the majority shouldn't let the minority tell them, you know, or make them feel guilty or tell them how mm. they should talk or act. So, um, so in Australia at the moment, they're talking about bringing in this sort of third chamber of parliament made up of Indigenous people um, who, if you know Australian history, have been, you know, traditionally marginalised and murdered mm. and so on. And and now there's sort of becoming a recognition that you know these traditional owners of the land should have some sort of a voice. So so is there a balance between you know allowing yourself to be walked over or to be dictated to, and on the other hand you know allowing traditionally marginalised or oppressed people to actually have a voice and have a say in the way their country is is governed. What's yeah. the balance there? Uh, as a minority, uh, mm-hmm. I think that um, I hope that the people who have the majority are nice enough to hear my voice. I hope that they are nice enough to know that I matter. Those, those are things that you hope for. But I never ever should. I, I should never be under the illusion that I have the power to control the majority or dictate what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what we find ourselves in in society, we find ourselves in a situation where the minorities are now telling the majority what goes and what doesn't go, what you can say, what you can't say. And I just throughout history, you notice that the majority always receives pretty much the privilege in most cases. They, They get to set the rules and it's the minority's job to navigate those waters in their favor. But now there's no strategic thinking. There's no trying to navigate those waters because now we have sold ourselves this this idea that being being a minority is somehow your trump card. It's the card you can play whenever you want people to shut up and hear what I have to say or shut up and do what I tell you to do. And I'm not saying everyone is that way, but the majority at any given time can realize, hey, we got the power. We got the guns. We got the numbers. We can just do what we want. And the more you keep antagonizing the majority, the more of those people are going to step out and decide to fight back. And I only say this because I just had a white supremacist on my channel and we had this conversation. He was a left-leaning liberal, at least that's what he says. And eventually the politics of the identity politics, it got to him. He got tired of minority groups calling him a racist even though he wasn't racist. He got tired of them telling him what he couldn't and couldn't say. So eventually he became a white supremacist. He started advocating for white empowerment. And I'm not saying his story is true because white supremacists lie all the time, right? Everybody lies to some extent. But at some point, it's only so far you can push the majority before a a lot of these people start to push back. And that's what you don't want. And I'm trying to warn uh, my black brothers and sisters, even the LGBTQ community, play the game strategically. Don't play it by force because that's a battle you cannot win. 
Right, but on the other hand, I would also say that if you're trying to get some sort of equality or from rights or whatever from a more powerful group, that if that group approves of your methods, you're probably doing something wrong. Well, like it's like, like let's take yeah. the Republican Party, right? There's always one Republican candidate yeah. somewhere that the Democrats think are great. That's not a good sign, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, bad. The premise there, Barry, is the premise there is that the white majority wants to mistreat minorities. And of course, that is the case uh, for far too many people. But I, I don't think that's the case for the majority of, let's say, white people in the States. I don't think the majority of white people in the States see it as their role to mistreat minorities. Well, they wouldn't have to. Yeah, but if, 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 if they don't want to, then, um, I mean, that, that seemed to be the premise of your point. If, if, yeah, it's not well, the nature no, of privilege is that you don't have to want anything. It just happens. Yeah, and look, uh, what, what, what my point is, I'm, I'm trying to say is, it's hard as a black guy to be strategic in advancing the causes of the black community because everybody mm. wants you to be using force to do it. Sometimes you got to be covert. You know, the, the Soviet Union, America, they understood this when they was in the Cold War. They sent spies to pretend to be something they wasn't in order to get the information that they needed. See, there's no, there's no strategy here. And if you're going to use brute force, you're going to lose because you don't have the numbers. You don't have the power. I get your reason to grievance. I get you're upset when a police officer shoots a black guy like wrongfully. I understand the anger, but somebody in this whole group has to be thinking the long game and understanding how do I infiltrate and make the change that I want. Well, what are you suggesting? Have you like as, as a give me a practical example? Okay, I usually use the mafia for an example. Okay, the mafia. The Italians were a minority group. I mean, some would argue they might still be, but they're considered white at this point. Mm. But the, the Italian mob, they, they, they infiltrated organizations. They infiltrated politics. They infiltrated society, unions. They found a way to use the white man's game in order to advance themselves. They did it strategically. It didn't end so well for the mafia, but a lot of those guys' kids grew up to be lawyers and doctors, and they ended up holding positions of power. Yeah. That was them being strategic, knowing that they didn't have to use force in order to bulldoze their way into being accepted but by the white community. they also used force. Against their own in order to keep or certain rules in their community. It was mostly against other Italians. Take a different example, dude. Come on. Take an easy one. Here's a different example, Barry. Um, if, if you're... If your starting point is to say there are ethnic minority groups who have historically been mistreated, which I think is unarguable, and continue to be disadvantaged, and we want to fix that, which I think uh, most people could sign off on, um, then the goal uh, should be comedy between the groups, whereby... Uh, everyone can get together behind a particular ideal for an ever more perfect union and make things better for everyone, rather than an approach that, for example, I think as Javier was, a was uh, referring to, of constantly saying, 
this particular group has whiteness, and their whiteness is the problem. If you keep saying that, then a certain proportion of the white people will say, well, okay. Uh, okay. If you keep telling me I have whiteness, maybe I do have whiteness, and okay. maybe there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't like where that leads, you know. Um, I'm proud of my uh, whiteness. Yeah, I don't like where that leads because I'm not proud of my whiteness. Well, so do, you it, think, it, do you think the march in Washington then was excessively confrontational? Uh, I, I was going to bring up the uh, Martin Luther King was a very good strategic um, leader. I, I was going to say that. So you don't the, think it's excessively confrontational to take a bunch of people and march on Washington and so on? No, nah, because no, the, okay. the strategy was we have camera footage now. <laughs> we have uh, the news media broadcasting this across the world now. We're going to show that we're peaceful. We're going to show that we have a, a, a valid grievance and watch how they treat us. Watch how they beat us down and we don't okay. fight back. That was strategy. Because yeah. they could have been out there brawling, and then everybody would have said, "Look at the black people; they're animals." Well, See, well, yeah. If I, if I could say two things about that, because the and you just touched on the latter part, because that was a trope that was always thrown on black folk, right? That you know, look, you know, these people they don't know how to behave, yada yada, mm -hmm. right? So you had that, but also you're able to create an empathy. Exactly. for that group right so i think I'll, yeah you, if you could create empathy that's a huge key i think that's a huge key i look to um is it freddie hampton that was murdered by the police oh uh, god was part yeah. of the, the black panthers uh you know he found a way to actually commute with races and talk mm. about finding you know connections between poverty and realize hey we're being all fucked by the same people you know and making those kinds of connections, and then, yeah. then he found, yeah, then he found, you know, some empathy there. Yeah, there, there, there are leaders who are very strategic. I don't think the black community there were also had people, a leader when Martin Luther King was doing his business. Right, there were also people at the time who were saying that argument by way of counter, saying he should go to the correct channels. He shouldn't be stirring up trouble. He shouldn't be so confrontational. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so on. He should be doing things the correct way and doing things by the correct channels. Oh, but th this is the um, uh, this is the David Shore case. Uh, maybe I've got that name wrong. Uh, I think his name is David Shore. Um, but he, he was the, uh, a researcher, and in the wake of the whole Black Lives Matter um, campaign, um, when there were large street protests, uh, he tweeted a piece of uh, research, which I think the research was actually carried out by uh, a black guy, but it was essentially of the same period that you're describing, uh, Javier, the 60s and the civil rights campaign. And what the research showed was that the efficacy of the uh, peaceful protests was far greater than the efficacy of uh, riots and violence. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, irrespective of the rights or wrongs of um, whether, uh, you know, uh, what's this, uh, the quote, a riot is the the, the scream of the, um, uh. Uh, I, I won't get it right if I try and do it. But <laughs> anyway, there's people who will justify riots. Um, but without getting into the rights or wrongs of that, if you just look at the efficacy, his point was actually it just doesn't work very well. Mm -hmm. if, if you want to achieve a particular outcome, then the Martin Luther King uh, peaceful protest approach is much more effective. Um, now, David Shore was sacked 
for saying that, uh, even though he tweeted, he tweeted the research data to support that, which had been collected by a black researcher, but yeah. and he was sacked for saying that, and that's uh, so. There's a whole big debate about that, but uh, yeah, the the pertinent point is, I think it, uh, that's what works: the Martin Luther King approach. Yeah, and I'm not saying the Martin Luther King approach will work now. I'm just saying that there mm. has to be a level of strategic thinking. And I see that lacking in a lot of these movements these days. Everything seems to be shock value. Everything seems to be uh, catch it on camera so other people can see, oh, look how this person did me wrong. But there's no long-term thinking. There's no, no but leader. The, but, but your strategy, the language you're using to describe your strategy is is, is curious to me. You're, you're saying that, I don't, know, I don't know what you're saying, but you definitely use this kind of language that suggesting that black people should infiltrate positions of white power absolutely okay that is what you're yeah. suggesting okay, yeah absolutely fine. um we that need more <laughs> we we need more lawyers we need more doctors we need more judges and we okay. have to do it in a way Joking, that, Martin, yeah, yeah i get you uh, but, <laughs> you're safe in Conmelberry for a little while safe in Clum- <laughs> my little irish town <laughs> <I'm safe. laughs> the, the, the problem the problem is though it's hard to be that type of guy when your own community will instantly call you a sellout. Yes, because you're doing white man stuff. Exactly. You're acting yeah. white. Caviar, if you acted more white, that more people would listen to you. <laughs> and, and there, there, there are uh, conservatives, there are black conservatives that I talk trash about all the time on my channel. Uh, Candace Owens. Um, you talk trash about Candace officers, Owens? Absolutely. Uh, officer Tatum. And I'm no friend of... I'm a conservative, but I'm no friend of Republicans. I'm no friend of Democrats. Sure. I, I, I think that this identity politics or this tribalism is destroying everybody. Okay. And I argue against both of them because Candace Owens and Officer Tatum, they claim to help. They want to help the black community. But most of their messaging only appeals to white audiences. They know this. Mm-hmm. And instead of tailoring their message to reach the people they claim to want to reach, they constantly feed the beast that they know. Is the white audience so I, I, I don't like yeah. these people for another reason is that because because they give like people who have i guess a racist idea they give a kind of a this black person says this thing that i agree with so it can't be racist yeah but i think honestly i think what a lot of these guys calculate in their mind is they're damned if they do they're damned if they don't because honestly you can say half the things that candace Owens say and there are people in the black community who are going to hate you regardless they figured, why the hell not get paid for it? I think that's what their calculation is because they honestly feel that at this point, they're not going to reach those people. And I, I don't believe that. And even if I felt like if I felt like I couldn't reach the black community, I would stop doing what I'm doing now. But your suggestion is that when they started off, they would have originally planned to reach the black community with what they're saying. I think at some point they might have. Because um, okay. a, lot, a lot of these people, they have, I mean, they have black moms, black dads, black sisters and sure, brothers. Yeah people who grow up in these environments and they see something wrong. They feel like I, I need to say something. I, I I now have the knowledge. Let me say something. But I think what ends up happening is a lot of times these people get big money that comes behind them and uplift mm. their platform. And yeah. then it starts to telling them what they should say and how they should mm. push their message out. And that's why I swore I would never get, I would never sign with big money. I would never let them mm. use me as a puppet to put out whatever they want me to say. Well, Big Adidas is not getting my jumper back, whatever they do. Uh, <laughs> Big Adidas. Uh, but um, uh, paying you, right? Eh? <clears throat> Absolutely since, not. Since we finally started talking about race, maybe we should talk about the other case. I'm just exactly. 
That's a perfect segue, uh, Seamus, because uh, Javier, you were just talking about um, uh, the need to get more uh, African-American doctors and lawyers, and um, I don't think anyone would object to that. So surely, Javier, that must mean you are super in favor of affirmative action and you're very concerned that the Supreme Court is going to change that policy. Surely, Javier. (laughs) Y'all ready for this? (laughs) I think affirmative action should stop immediately. I think um, studies have shown that a lot of uh, people who benefit from affirmative action don't necessarily become better off because of it. Um, Mm. There are a lot of people who are placed in universities that they don't excel in because they probably should have went to a a different university. But because they were able to get into these universities because everybody wants to go to Harvard um, and they're not necessarily equipped to thrive in that environment and they end up either failing or underperforming. Um, Not only do I think that's a problem, but now we have the Asians that get involved. Now we have other yeah. minority groups who are arguing that they're being overlooked because uh, black people are um, getting affirmative action and getting in. Now, I'm not saying that I'm just talking about the effectiveness of it. Mm-hmm. The last thing we need is other minority groups hating black people because they felt like black people got a shot that they didn't, even though they worked harder or they were smarter. And I also don't want black people being judged as only getting mm-hmm. in this school because they got affirmative action. I want black people to over excel and earn those positions. And then once you offer the world something valuable, you become undeniable. Mm -hmm. So now you got white kids walking around Harvard, looking at every black kid thinking they only got there because they got extra points on their test. And that creates more division. That creates more resentment. And that doesn't fix the problem. That only exacerbates it. So that's Mm -hmm. my position. Well, I, I'm keen to hear Barry's view. Um, I think I disagreed with you on the gay cake case, Javier. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you in this one. Um, Barry, before you give your take and you uh, play the dictator that you are, and, uh, <laughs> sure, I'm just read that for, for audio folks. In Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard College and Students for Fair Admissions versus University of North Carolina, the Supreme Court is considering whether it is permissible for public and private institutions of higher education to use race as a factor in admitting a truly diverse student body and providing pathways to leadership for all persons, regardless of race. And this is a reference, of course, to the 14th Amendment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether there's, I guess there's, there's two different questions here. One is, what's the constitutional position? And is it defensible mm. constitutionally? And then secondly, is it something that should be happening at all? Yep. Agreed. So, two different questions. So, I don't so, know. So, I mean, so is the argument here that they're using race as a factor in admitting to colleges for mm. the goal of providing pathways to leadership for all persons regardless of race? So they're saying that this let's say racist admissions policy has mm-hmm. the objective of yeah non-racist outcomes let's say is yes. that the argument that's that's what affirmative action is for yeah it's to yeah. to brute force equality into different organizations and they <clears throat> i have the years out already <laughs> <laughs> the way the way they do that is they have a, a different standard depending on race 
Um, so the case is being taken by uh, Asian groups um, who are the highest performers. And um, uh, if, I think uh, that I saw some figures along the lines yeah. of um, if, like, if you just had uh, let in the people who get the best results in the tests, uh, a lot of colleges would be like 50% Asian because <laughs> they, they have, you know, this tiger mom culture of they uh, drive the kids pretty hard in some Asian cultures and they achieve very high results. So what Harvard and the other elite uh, universities do is they just have different standards for different groups. So if you're Asian and you need to get in, you have to get a way higher mark than if you're a white boy like me and you have to get in. And um, that, that's not like in dispute. The Harvard, the, the Harvard case is, yes, that's what we're doing. And of course, that's what we should be doing. Yeah, I think that it's funny how we talk about living in a society where you're not judged on your race yet. We tell college and universities to do exactly that. I'm I'm not under the illusion. Like I spend a lot of time talking to liberals and debating people who disagree with my positions. Like condolences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not under any illusion that it's a it's a valid point to say, hey, for so many years and decades and decades. Black people have been denied these positions. Black people have been turned away and not allowed to participate on an equal footing with their peers, other their white peers. I completely understand that argument. But one thing that laws never do is define a term limit. How long is too long? And when do we know we've reached that place? When will we know that enough black people have gotten enough affirmative action for us to say, okay, enough is enough? Nobody ever draw that distinction. So that's a problem. Number two is they never factored in that there might be other minority races who might be disadvantaged due to this. And what are you telling people? You're so successful, we have to deny you? You work so hard. Well, your your first point there implies that if there was an end point to affirmative action, that you'd be in favor of it. If for, yes, there has to be some type of guidelines and rules that we can measure progress. We have to be able to say, okay, if we implement this program, we we have to expect that we see certain levels of um, graduations and we see that certain levels of black people are benefiting from these programs. And then we have to understand at what level, 60%, 80% of the okay. people who benefit from these programs are actually excelling. Where do we say, okay, now we can. Okay. But under those off. conditions, you'd mm. be in favor of it if they started out all that. I wouldn't be in favor of it now, but I would have been in favor of it when they first and, implemented okay. it. And, and those conditions can't just purely be the proportion of that group in the general population because that neglects, you know, differences in interests or differences in, yep. I don't know, isn't the classic example in the NBA, you know, if, mm. if, if equality was in the NBA... You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be a really boring sport, is what you're saying, Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. And, I'm, and I'm sorry, but I want the best doctors. I want the best people working on me when I go under surgery. I want the best people flying my airplanes. I'm sorry, but to me, it's and not you about want the your best race. people on your basketball team. Yeah, and you want the best people in the sport. And I think that the question shouldn't have been 
well, let's just let them in and give them extra points. The question should be, how do we go in these communities and prepare these young people to compete on these levels? That's what mm-hmm. the, that's what the argument should have been. And that's what the investment on the ground then. Exactly. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, starting at like junior school or whatever you call it, the, 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 you know, the entry level of school. You know, that would make sure affirmative action everybody's on an that. equal. Exactly, yeah. because the other, otherwise um, you're, you're setting people up for failure. So if you, if you say, which is, and this is what Harvard does say, uh, they'll say, if you're Asian, you have to get this fucking incredibly high mark to get in. But if you're African-American, there's a much lower standard. And then they admit people on this basis. And the fact is that your achievement after your four-year degree is generally correlated with your ability four years previously when you gained entrance. So essentially what you're doing is you're starting off with a situation which is unfair to the African-Americans. You're saying in year one, all of the Asians that we let in are going to be the absolute tippity top people. Mm-hmm. And you're not applying the same standards to the African-Americans. And then what you get is all these stories. I'm sure you've heard them. College professor says, um, it's so awful. I do all these exams. We have blind marking. And every time we mark the exams, all of the African-American students are near the bottom of the class and all the Asians are at the top of the class. And, um, you know, a a lot of educationists would say, well, fucking, of course they are, because you you deliberately constructed the class so that you all all the tippity top people were Asians Mm -hmm. that like that. That's how you constructed the class. So you're kind of setting people up for failure in that way. Good afternoon, and welcome to Affirmative Action Airways. I'm your pilot, (laughs) and I hope you have a pleasant flight if we ever get there. Uh, Let me give you an example, Uh, Javier. Let me give you an example. uh, Where I grew up in Belfast, when I was growing up, we had um, a problem with the police force. So when I was growing up, it was in Northern Ireland, it was 55% Protestant and 45% Catholic, but the police force was 95% Protestant and 5% Catholic. So when we had the whole peace agreement thing, this was uh, perceived as a problem. You had the Protestant majority policing the Catholic minority, um, so they had to do something about it. So they introduced this rule that said um, all recruitment for the new police service has to be 50-50. Every time you hire a Protestant, you have to hire a Catholic as well. Uh, but exactly as you said, they put a time limit on it. So the time limit was 10 years. And 10 years later, the percentage of Catholics in the police force went from 5% to 30%. Uh, actually, the percent of Catholics in the population went from 45 to 50 so 10 years later, there was 50% Catholics in the population and 30% Catholics in the police force. Mm. And they still said, right, that's enough. That's it. And mm. then they did, they did away with all of the, we didn't use the term uh, affirmative action. We used positive discrimination, I believe, but it's I the same thing. <laughs> yeah. that's, what I, 
that's that's what I call a lot of the um, political, uh, I, like the whole identity politics. I, I think that there's a lot of racism to go around. Some people just use racism for positivity. Some mm. people say, oh, I'm going to discriminate so that I can help these people. But you're still discriminating because you're discriminating against somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody's on that other end of that discrimination. Um, yeah. And I, I think that we just don't have very smart people working on these problems. I, I know a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people want to act as if they are smart. You got all these people popping up with books saying how they're going to anti-racism or how we're going to fix all of this. But many of them don't have good ideas. I hear people say all the time, uh, just like similar to your um your your example, where they say mm-hmm. we should have people in the communities, in the police. The people in those communities should be policing their own communities. Those Those should be the people that are in the police department who are monitoring those neighborhoods but nobody ever stops to ask yourself wouldn't that create more corruption why would i lock up my brother or my uncle Mm. like if i'm policing my own area you don't think i'm going to be overlooking a bunch of things because i don't want to lock up the people i live with Mm -hmm. nobody ever thinks those things through they just say it as if it sounds like a good idea but i want everybody lgbtq plus black people asians i want white people everybody should understand this Life is shitty. It's always been shitty. And we're doing our best to fix that. And Mm -hmm. in that process, a lot of people got hurt. But I don't hold anybody accountable for something that they didn't have any control over in the past. What we have to do is look at where we are now and decide what's the best way forward to help the people who need help. And let's stop dividing people based on arbitrary lines. I want gay people to be successful. I want trans people to be successful. Black people to be successful. Not because they are those things. Because they're people and they're going through something. And we should be focused on people who need help. In the you story. Know what, you know what I like about you, Javier, is you took the concept of local police officers from the local area and your vision of corruption is that they would be nice to the people that they're close to. And I think that's <laughs> wonderful. Because if I was a policing this local area, man, I'd fuck all my neighbors. <laughs> I, will, I will get that lawnmower back and I don't care how long it takes. I'm sick of this shit. You're a good person, Javier. And I like that I like that approach. You're, you're a good, nice person. You're nothing like me. And it, it's good. That there's different. There's a place for everybody in the world, isn't there? Well, I, I, I have to, to say, I Barry, to... I'm, I'm with you, man. If, <laughs> if we introduced that system, all of my neighbors would be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Except, except the ones you like. Except the ones you like, right? What did I do? Yeah. Why am I in jail? I'll find something. <laughs> also, I'd start talking in an American accent. I don't know why. Yeah. See, I, I hear stories like uh, white supremacists are encouraging their members to join the military so they can get military training. Right? Yep. Mm. Um, and then they come back with that military training so it's supposed to help their white supremacist movement. Yeah. Um, I know, like, especially in black communities, there are going to be gang members who join the police um, department mm-hmm. so that they can hurt one gang and allow their gang to prosper. And that only hurts That's the strategic people. thinking, Javier. But it hurts the people within that community, the moms <laughs> and the sisters and the daughters. Yeah, of course who, it does. Yeah, of course it does. And that's what people don't think about. And I just... I just, it's not hard to be a thinker. It's really not. And for some reason, we get all the wrong people coming up with all the wrong solutions. I, I just don't understand. It. Well, well, for the policing issue, I don't know, maybe we should just defund the police. What do you think, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I think Barry put I up think... a very poor show of defending affirmative action. We need it. We need it. defunding the police. We need a defensive mm-hmm. affirmative action in this a program. Defensive affirmative, I would say constitutionally, the 14th Amendment and the framers obviously had no problem with uh, race-conscious 
measures being used to put the 14th Amendment stipulations into effect because they had them in other areas of the Constitutional Congress or not the Revolutionary Congress, whatever they called it. So that's a, that's a, the constitutional issue is done. Um, oh, oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'm not reading that out because it just, it's just it's, sure? it's embarrassing because it, yeah because it says it much better. It's what I just said, but okay. far better. Um, uh, as to whether it's not that's something that should happen, I don't know. I mean, I understand the argument against it, but I am still emotionally in favor of affirmative action, and I like it as a concept. And I know maybe Javier's logic just doesn't allow for it, and that's fine too. I just uh. I, Don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel too. Like I have emotions as well. I just, I, I, I you got to think about the people it's harming, and some of the same. No, people, I know. I understand the Asian, the Asian students. By the way, it's not Asian students who took this case. It's a, a, a lawyer. No, it's not a lawyer. He's 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 a guy called uh, Bloom, which is not traditionally an Asian name. Mm. But he, it's mostly made up of Asians. The organization. Shut up, Martin. It's mostly made up of of of. Shut up, Martin. Of the, he knows he knows he knows the joke I just told. It's a it's a running joke in our podcast. Don't worry about it. You guys are so, yeah, for they are mostly Asians. So yeah. yeah, I understand that Asians are being harmed, but I I, I don't know. I think Asians. But the black harmed. people are being harmed as well. Like I said, they're yes, not performing as good. Uh, they're not performing as good as they should, and a lot of them are failing yeah. out and leaving the school when they could have excelled at other schools. Um yeah. I just if. It has to be more than virtue signaling. We got to actually achieve the things that we claim we want to achieve. And the moment that we're not achieving it, anybody who wants to continue something when we know we're not getting those results is either one, being willfully ignorant, or two, I have okay. to I have to assume will intent. Like so your problem intent. then with affirmative action isn't so much affirmative action, but the fact that it doesn't appear to be getting the results that they wanted. Yes. Fine. I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. Now, yes. now, can we move on to defunding the police? <laughs> <laughs> can I can I make a suggestion now? If we really what? fix this problem, because let's be honest, this was, you know, one of those things. I think virtue signaling is a good uh, way to describe this in some ways, because uh, the real way to fix this is help the schools in the impoverished areas prop them up so yeah. that the kids that come out of those areas can actually excel and get in to those schools without yeah that, you want to fund right? disadvantaged areas properly right and so, not do the well, rishi sunak thing which is the opposite yeah because this was i mean let's be honest this was an economic decision right because yeah. this was the cheapest way to do it say we'll just let more black kids in <laughs> set a quota and we're done great didn't mm. cost me anything Right. Well, I mean, we had the war on poverty that was supposed to help the black community as well. Poverty as won. Other, uh, poverty won. Um, yeah. And a lot of times they spend a lot of money and you never you never see the results. And, and yeah. uh, here, Here's the thing, right? And people don't want to accept this, but I tell people all the time, you want to help young black kids or any young kid that's struggling. Parents, read to your children. Read to your children. Studies have shown just by reading to your children as they're young will increase their um, IQ, will allow them to uh, um, perform better as adults. Better than in that, school. studies have shown that you don't have to read to them. You can just sit with them for half an hour every day, and it also kicks in. You see, uh, that's, that's simple things that can be, each parent can do that right now. Just sit with your child or read to your child. That you can't, you, if I, I go to the black communities and I tell people to say, man, read to your child. I tell my sisters and my, and some people just won't do it. And I'm but like, I, okay. I need to push back against that, Javier. 
because my kids come to me with books when they're doing their homework and I'm absolutely fucking terrified because I haven't the first fuckiest <laughs> clue how to do any of it. See, but if but that's you, the kind... Yeah, go ahead, Amari. Go ahead, Amari. I was just going to say, if that's the kind of thing that can help, then how will government policy help with those kinds of it can't. initiatives? It can't. You know? It can't. No, okay. I, see, the government can't fix everything and people don't want to accept that. Like, I'm sorry, but government can't tell people when to read their kids or how to spend time with their kids. They can't. And uh, that's something that the culture has to change. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the, what the, the, the Chinese and the Japanese are doing. I'm like, yo, let's do that. Like, let's take the positives of every culture and let's instill that in our culture. That's all I'm telling black people to do. Learn from other people and what they get right. This, uh, um, I think that's the right expression, isn't it? Tiger Mom, wasn't that a, a book about uh, an Asian mother described um, how much oh, work yeah. they arrange for their kids to do? And um, in a lot of Asian cultures, the kids uh, need to learn a musical instrument and you need to do X amount of hours study after school, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that, that's not what it's like in my house. <laughs> but so... Uh, yeah. I have to say, when I hear all that stuff, Javier, I mean, it's impressive. I, I don't want to take anything away from those people. They deserve all of the outcomes that they get from the work that they put in. If it's that kind of culture that's driving the case in um, in the Supreme Court, I wish them every luck. I don't think we should discriminate against them. Um, but uh, I don't know. I Like, I've got four kids. There's a, there's a trade-off, I think, between uh, I have to tell them when they need to study and there's exams coming up as compared to, I mean, they're fucking kids. They have to have a life. I don't want to <laughs> be beating the shit out of them and tell them yeah, they have to, it, you know. There's a, there's a cutoff level. At some ages, yeah. like, kids want to spend time with their parents. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- those are the crucial times where you want to start actually, like, using those times that they want to spend with you to educate them and get them interested in a lot of these things like science and, you know, learning about different like math or whatever the case may be, because they want to spend time with you. Now, when they get a little older, then now they want to distance themselves from you. Right. Um, But that's the crucial time in their lives um, when they're young, when you can get them interested in these things. And usually that's good enough to keep them, you know, engaged in certain activities. Now, um, see, it's just, it's not, it's not appealing to people. It's not, a, I'm speaking specifically about the black community, right? A lot of people get upset when I say it's a culture problem that we have in the black community. How do black people hate their kids? <laughs> no, not, not, a, lot, a lot of parents just don't even know any better, right? And when you try to educate them or try to inform them, it's only rightful that parents get offended sometimes because they feel like you're trying to tell them how to raise their children. So it's a battle that needs to somehow be won. And I don't necessarily know how to win that battle, but we cannot keep blaming everything on the government or white supremacy when there are things right now that black people can do to improve their situation tremendously. But isn't this trying to like change the culture of black people to fit into the majority society? Like why shouldn't society change to fit black people's culture? Because we would be worse off because of it. Well, let let me give you uh, a different perspective on that. Uh, Martin, if, if I compare my household to a stereotypical tiger mom household where the kids are, um, they're required to do a shit ton of work, 
and they're fantastic at playing whatever instrument they play and they get all A's in their exams. And I think in that case, maybe their kids go on to some uh, Ivy League thing and they get tippity-top grades and maybe my kids don't and they do something else and I think that's perfectly fine. Maybe my kids don't want to go to an Ivy League place. Like, it's not like... To my mind, the goal in life is not to get the highest mark in the best school that you yeah. can get to. You know, there's there's other things to do in life. So if if some cultures value some things, like, uh, you know, going to Oxbridge and um, being on the board of a Fortune 500 company, fine. But a lot of people just value other things. You know, if, if, if you go around... Um, an African-American neighborhood in any city in the States, I, I imagine there's going to be a large portion of those kids who imagine themselves playing basketball or football and could not give a fuck about whatever <laughs> Fortune 500 company you quote to them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you, I can imagine there's other uh, communities yeah, where I, they have different yeah, interests. Things in the former category you mentioned tend to be avenues to power. And things in the latter category you manage you mentioned tend not to be yeah um so what uh, i think that the the, the 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 mark doesn't have to be too high i just don't want kids growing up to be gangsters i just don't want them growing up to be criminals that's like that it, it, it doesn't, they don't have to be the best of the best oh great you now you want to kill rap music <laughs> oh absolutely gangster rap i absolutely <laughs> want to kill like with that with every passion in my heart uh, i'm somebody who grew up wanting to be a gangster rapper like i got mixtapes out right now um snoop uh, I like them. I like the music, but it's right. it's, it's poison G-funk? to the ears of a young black kid. It's, it's, it's poison. <laughs> yeah. uh, serious, serious question, Barry. So what? Yeah. Let let let's say um, this, only, this only matters if you think there should be representation at the top. If you don't, then it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I I, I don't. So okay, um, I in, do. I think in in Fortune five hundred companies. The Jewish community is way overrepresented. Oh, here we at go. The top. John, careful now. I, careful. I, 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 I don't think that's. A, I, I think that's the degree to which I think that's a problem is precisely fucking zero. I do not care that the Jewish community is overrepresented. Jewish again? Do, yeah. do you think that's a problem, Barry? Too many no. Jews in the banks. Is that a problem, Barry? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think. I don't think anybody uh, would question the access of, of of the Jewish lobby to power in America. Hmm. I no, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying. What, what I'm saying is, uh, the Jewish community is overrepresented in those areas, and I right. think let's say that's because the Jewish culture values that kind of thing. And good okay. luck to them. Let's say care. you have five thirty-eight people in Congress, right? Mm. And none of them were black. Would you regard that as a problem, or is that fine well, because people elected freely for people who weren't black? I th- I think the this people in Congress should be whoever is elected. Answer the question, John. Election. I I think if, if I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm joking. Right. No matter no matter what the identity breakdown is of any parliament, I think that as long as it's a free and fair election, that's fine with me. And you wouldn't be suspicious of a country that had. Uh, a black population that had historically been oppressed, and a country representing them with nobody in their in their parliament. 
or well, Congress. In that, in that case, your, your suggestion is not a free and fair election. And a, a, no, I'm not. I'm saying in a free and fair election because you've already told these people or the white people or whatever, because your former category are avenues to power, Oxbridge and Fortune 500 companies. Uh-huh. And your latter categories, when you said you, you went into a black community and they're happy to play basketball or whatever, tend not to be. But but no, you're you're are you, you're suggesting that all the black people will vote for the Eaton candidates because they went to Eaton? No, I'm not. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I'm saying if it came to a situation where it was all non-black people in Congress, would you regard so, it as why, an issue? Why, but how how could how could that be the case, Barry? Unless all the black people voted for white people, and by the way. Uh, black people are perfectly entitled to vote for white people, and if sure, that's the yeah. case, they should be represented by the white people. Okay. Or not vote at all, which may be uh-huh. the actual case that leads to that. Outcome. Exactly. Well, that, that again, that comes back to it's not a free and fair election if uh, if there if one community's. I think that in both voting. my scenario and John's scenario, we can all agree that the problem is black people. <laughs> John's in there like it's been uh, lovely talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's hit the cancel button on me yet. I think we're good. We're good. Okay. I'm sorry, I, Barry. I thought we were agreed the problem was Jews. We were not. <laughs> <laughs> Only your That's fans can cancel you. <laughs> That's our problem. Most elections aren't free, right? I mean, if I want to run for, say, freedom is free, Shamus. Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, if I want to run for sheriff or whatever uh-huh. here, I got to spend thousands of dollars to even get my yep. ballot, let alone campaign. Yep. Right. So there you go. There, so there, that, there that's a good point there too. I think that that is an excellent point, which advantages the more wealthy. And uh, I think we we've discussed this several times before on the podcast. We had Timothy. Oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. Did we have a, a specific podcast yep. about money and politics? Yes, we mm. did. I can't remember mm. his name either. I'm sorry. I, because, I remember. Uh, I remember Citizens his United. Opening. I remember he McCutcheon. tried to rap. And yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, Citizens United and McCutcheon, and there's a bunch of uh, yeah. cases that were, uh, yeah, not too I, impressive. I would like to get poli- I would like to get money out of politics, but I find yeah. it funny that a lot of people want money out of politics, but most people want money. It's like well, the problem when you're starting off is you have to put money into politics. Yeah, I mean, I get it's a problem, but at the same time, you're asking people who, when you when you start making decisions for other people's lives, we would hope that you have a certain level of understanding of most systems that you're going to be in, in charge of. The government is very responsible for the economy. Like they they what they do impacts the economy very very much, and we would at least want the people representing us to have at least some fundamental understanding of how money works. And if you think you're just going to elect some guy with no money to be in charge of making decisions that affects everybody's money, the, the chances of that is slim. And it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, we want the most competent people to be running the country, but those most competent people tend to be the people with money or well-connected, like, good connections and things of that sort. And it's just, I don't see how you win. because well, it depends on how you... How you categorize these things? Well, if 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 you'd have said that in uh, Britain's a different case, Javier. But uh, if you transfer that argument to Britain, you would say the most well-educated people who went to Eton and Oxbridge are the most competent to run the country. And I think Mr. Johnson appears to be evidence in the other direction. 
And Lord Rees Mogg yeah. has done his best mm. to fuck that country into a basket. Well, yeah, and, and also there's probably a lot. Well, I know that there's a lot of economists that'll point out that Donald Trump is far from uh, knowledgeable about economics or how money works. Uh, you know, so it's mean, a pretty so, good example. I, I, how do you? Okay, how would you? If any economists want to say that Donald Trump wasn't like he didn't have a fundamental level of understanding how money works, I would call bullshit every single day of the week, right? Mm. Okay, I'm not going to say that Donald Trump is as knowledgeable as somebody who's a multi-billionaire who manages billions of dollars on an everyday basis, right? I would never argue that. But <laughs> for anybody to be rich for a certain period of time, you have to know at least a fundamental level of how to make money or how to keep your money. Well, it and, helps if you if you were given money right out of the gate. Yeah, but you, you inherited a lot of wealth. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you like the guy or not, or whatever you want to say about the guy. He should be much more. He should have a lot more money. I mean, even a guy who definitely got into the office to try to exploit it for his his wealth and gain set a low bar. I mean, he was like selling like very low standard products to like get money. You know what but I mean? There are there are Just people saying. who win the lottery and get millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. and go broke flat. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll, I'll put you on the spot, Javier. So. Uh, you, you have been known to express some views from time to time that might be considered on the conservative end of the spectrum. So uh, con- uh, conservatives generally favor low taxes, uh, small government, and talk about the meritocracy a lot. But if you really wanted a meritocracy, mm-hmm. you would have a 100% inheritance tax. How so? If, if, because you, you shouldn't be allowed to get a leg up just because your daddy was rich. Um, that's not a meritocracy. That That's like a, a, a hereditary aristocracy. What the, okay, if I'm for low taxes, why would I want them to tax somebody else's money because they gave it to their child? Because that's you're in favor taxes. of a meritocracy. I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of if a man works hard, and he wants to leave what he worked hard for to his children, you would think that that would be, I mean, a given, right? Like, Mayor, please tell me you didn't vote for Trump on the basis of his financial acumen. <laughs> I didn't vote for Donald Trump last time. I did vote for Donald Trump in 2016. Okay. But on the, not, please tell me you didn't vote for him on the basis of his financial acumen. No, of course not. Cool, we're good. I don't care if you Carry have on. money or not. Else. Um, what, 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 what I'm saying, it. any any economist who says that Donald Trump doesn't understand any like a certain level, I, I can guarantee you one thing: Donald Trump probably understands more money than the average American citizen. He's certainly seen more money than the average American citizen, and he didn't lose all of it. Well, that's, that that should be they should have put that on the poster. I didn't lose all of it. M- millionaires <laughs> and billionaires lose mo- millions and millions of dollars all the time. That's true. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that, Javier. If he has spent decades working through. Complicated contracts with uh, banks and insurance companies and real estate deals, and that's not nothing. And he might even have read some of those he, contracts. Yeah, exactly. He's had a lot of people do all that for him. Yeah, what and, the, what, he learned a lot of insights sure. from Roy Cohn and other other people who who sure. knew how to fuck with the system. And yeah, he but just we we, we have things. a whole we have a whole so. bunch of people who never was a millionaire who never managed millions of dollars trying to judge somebody who has. Pretty and, sure and Donald, like, Trump's, Donald Trump's dad did not read to him for half an hour every night. I can tell you that. 
hey, that's fair. That, that that's fair. But like I said, there are people who are multimillionaires who go flat broke. So Correct. Donald Trump must have did something that they didn't do. Okay. You have you have to explain that somehow. You can't just write it off as or oh, his daddy gave him all this money. It's like okay, but he didn't blow all of it. Millionaires take risks all the time and, and lose millions of I dollars. I blow all of it. Vote for me. Yeah. No, I, I think a lot of his thing is called a personality, and he knows how to play the media. He's he's a great con man. He's a he's great at selling. Donald right? Trump is so. every. All right. See, I think y'all give more credit to Donald Trump than Donald Trump deserves. Oh, wow. Every okay. every politician I should be a good. On him a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, like, look, I don't like Donald Trump. I think Donald well, Trump is a either. horrible person. I think Donald Trump lied about losing the election, and he's still going on and on and oh, on about his nonsense. Right, yep. but I can still acknowledge the fact that Donald Trump is not as stupid as people want to make him seem. Donald Trump may act ignorant in certain cases because it's in his favor, but. To think that somebody as stupid as y'all think Donald Trump is could have survived in the game that he survived in way before he even got into politics, you must be losing your minds. No, no, no I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, let, let me let me put you on the spot, Seamus. Big stuff that's gonna that's could you know play. I mean, he would be still in Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain different things and avenues he excels at, but I don't think, so, you know... He I wouldn't would be... let him mind my pigeon for an afternoon. If, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. If Donald Trump, way to fuck it and sell it. If Donald yeah. Trump spoke like Barack Obama, y'all probably would see him totally different. No, no, you're, you, you were wrong on that, because... Barack Obama is also a salesman too, if you ask me. God, here we go. Okay. <laughs> every yeah. every politician should be. Exactly. To, to say that Donald Trump is a good con man or a great uh manipulator, I mean what does it mean to make it to the top echelon of the government? Like you have to be a level of manipulative, you have to be a level of narcissistic, you have to be a level yes. of like all of those things. I trust Obama right. with a pigeon. Here, here here's a question for you then, Seamus. So literally for several years now, we've been having a, a kind of similar conversation over and over when I'll say something like oh, geez, uh, <laughs> Trump is in legal trouble for the following reason and this guy could really be wearing an orange jumpsuit in a few months. And <laughs> um, for years I've been saying that and for years you've been disagreeing and uh, every time so far you've been right. And I've been wrong. Um, my question is, are are you changing your mind yet? Do you, do you still think he'll never be indicted and never be convicted of a felony? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the stuff late, lately does make me think that there may be something. Ooh, uh, that's, that's I, a change. But, yeah, but I'm definitely holding my breath mm. because, he, you know, Again, if they wanted to impeach this guy, if they really wanted to do things, there, there were so many things down the road that yep. they could have done. They just don't. Because he's part of the game. He's part of the group. It's all he's bullshit. Part of the, yeah, it's all bullshit. It's all you know, bullshit. They're all on the same page. You know, if they really wanted to fuck this guy and get him out. But honestly, the people that are going after him, they're only going after him because he didn't play nice and they're kidding. It's not because he fucked us. It's not because he did horrible things. It's because he didn't play the game that they wanted him to play. Because you think about what Reagan did, what both Bushes did, even fucking Obama did. Much worse than Bush. Just uh, much worse than Trump. Just Trump On was the documents? Mean. 
No, I'm just talking about being a fucking piece of shit. Be okay. a fucking traitor. You go you down know, a li- you you go down a list of like shit that Obama did or fucking Bush and them did. Yeah. You you'll be like, Donald Trump is a fucking saint policy wise when it comes yeah, to these guys. Exactly. I mean, you look at the shit that, that happened under Iran Contra. I mean, seriously, Iran Contra is far worse than what we know so far. What we know so hilarious. Far, yeah, it's all oh my god. It's See, but like crazy. I said, it's funny. Nobody is, cares. Nobody cares what Obama did. Nobody cares what Bush really did. Nobody cares because they presented themselves a certain way. That's why I say if Donald Trump spoke like Barack Obama, many people would not even have noticed a lot of the That's shit right. he did that they didn't like. See, Obama literally committed acts of war without congressional approval. That's grounds of impeachment. Yes, it is. Nobody impeached him no. at all. Nobody cared because Obama. But every U.S. president since 1945 has done acts of war against people yes. without. Exactly. But nobody and that's cares. That Trump did, though, because Trump actually excelled a lot of the like the safeguards that Obama sorta had on drone strikes and other things. He just totally said, "Well, fuck it. Why are we doing this? We need to kill more people. We need to get Blair." So he's just as bad on that. But he just didn't give a fuck. That's people, the difference. People, I agree with Obama. There's too many Yemeni children in the world, right? <laughs> or what about Libya? Like, like most people, I, 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 I don't have this vision that. Our president is going to be a good guy or a good girl. I don't care. Like, what I care about is why did I vote for a person? See, everybody wants you to vote based on what they value. That's not how people should vote. People should vote based on what they find is important. But in society, in America, especially, I don't know about in Europe and certain places, but in America, we've gotten to this point where you have to vote based on what I value. And sorry, but that's just not true. Explain that again, uh, Javier. Sorry, explain that thing again. People want other people to vote based on what they value. And that's a problem because I can't vote for you. My values and what I'm trying to achieve is different than what you're trying to achieve. For example, if I want to keep most of my tax dollars, I'm going to vote a certain way. And if you want the government to take more taxes because you believe in universal health care, you should vote for the person that's promising you that. But they don't vote like that. You think people don't vote that way? No, I'm asking you to explain what you just said. What I'm saying is, like, if, if I came out here and said I voted for Trump, people would say, "How can yes. you vote for this racist piece of crap?" I'm like, but I didn't vote for him for that. I voted him. I voted for him for X, Y, and Z, and oh, that's I what I care I about. Okay. But you. people want you to care about what they care about, and if you don't yep. care about what they care about, then you're a problem. And I it's like, yep. I mean, yeah. what about democracy and about voting your conscience? Yeah, yeah. It's like we 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 move past that, and I'm just trying to say. Okay, I don't get mad at people who voted for Trump. I don't get mad at people who voted for Obama, especially when you voted for somebody before they even was in office and you didn't know how they was going to behave. People lie all the time when they on stage saying they're going to do this and do right. this and do that. Yes. You know, um, you got people still running around calling themselves Trump supporters. Trump is not running for office. It's nothing to support. And I just think that most people have gotten poisoned in America. And I think it's going on in the UK as well, um, at least from what I've seen. But this this political identity, this tribalism, is killing all of us. You let's, can... let's talk about the UK then, Javier. What what have you seen? Because we can't pass up an opportunity to laugh at the Brits. <laughs> okay, so uh, Boris Johnson. Fuck uh, this uh-huh. <laughs> Boris Johnson got kicked out, right? Um, basically, uh-huh. and they put this other female in, in his place. Liz Truss. Other Liz female. Truss. <laughs> and she was she 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 leaves office after what forty three days or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And now they're asking for Boris Johnson to come back. Yeah. She gets. Said, uh, said, by the way, she get, she gets a pension of um, one hundred and fifteen thousand pounds per year for the rest of her life. 
Shit, can I take that job? I swear to God, if I ever become Prime Minister, I'm resigning after four years. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Fuck you, Irish motherfuckers. I have always supported the crown. I'm just saying. Excuse me, us Irish motherfuckers. We've got a song for every occasion. Every single thing an English government or an English person does wrong, we have a a song for it. Barry, I'm trying to get off this. Play along. Barry, that's just because you think balance is the normal method of discourse. Fair enough. I think most people somebody's face. That is true. Most people think violence is the natural way to respond. I hear people talk all the time about compromising. Like we can't Uh compromise anymore. I'm like, okay, what's the alternative? The only alternative is violence for lose. Right. So, like, how how you gonna claim to love your country and want to fix your country, but yet you don't want to compromise with the people in your country? So the only the only other option is violence, right? I mean, if you can't talk and you can't work these things out, then you got to use force. I mean, you can kind of go through history. I mean, even uh, Irish history, right? How many things have actually been settled by... Michael, they have taken you away. (laughs) For you stole Trevelyan's corn. Go on, you mad bastard. That Coca-Cola must be hitting Let's talk about Trevelyan. What a guy. There's made some girl to made one of her his descendants the fucking foreign minister for five seconds under really last, yeah her, her name was Trevelyan and she was talking about Northern Ireland and still like, had the I, same I, name Irish Twitter was like if you can just stop that love that'd be great I did not see that still with Trevelyan the same surname name. yeah there's Trevelyan's Trevelyan's one of these aristocratic names in England there's a bunch of them mm. fuck me furiously I don't know fuck how me I furiously that. too yeah with a broken bottle mm. oh damn. Yeah, Trevelyan. Uh, and that didn't uh, hit, that's a fucking trigger word, Javier, yeah, for Irish yeah. people, Trevelyan. <laughs> Speaking cool of uh, different yeah. kinks uh, there, Barry, uh, since you like broken bottles, uh, I did only, confirm... Only by I, someone by called Trevelyan. Okay. I did confirm, John, that uh, Tiger Mom is not a category, <laughs> or at least not what you think on, on Porto. So I saw that, that coming, Jim. Is... Yeah. Um, that's funny. But but how many, how many times have we had, I mean, you look at even like Irish independence... Uh-huh. Did you not say that was actually achieved by violence? Even, you know, the uh, expression of this man violence. You know, I mean, Big there's question. so many things. Labor, okay, even the civil rights movement to an extent was also accelerated by violence against at least the man himself, right? So yeah. I'll leave that well, one. There's, I, I don't there's a difference between accommodating yourself to people you have to live with and someone coming in and trashing the place. Right. Barry the guilty boy Purcell slash Purcell would, would there have been independence without the Easter Rising? Go I, I believe that violence has its place right but yes. we're past we're, some, some of us in the western world we're past that point of being able to go, uh-huh. we can't have another civil war people talk as if we can have a civil war what do you think? We live in a global <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, we li- we live in a global world now. You think we're going to start fighting each other in Russia and China or some other country is going to take advantage I of that? I hear this talked about all the time. Like, how, how could there be a civil war unless, you know, half of the army was on one side or the other? Like, <laughs> who, who, who is, who's going to fight against the 101st Airborne? There'd be a secession like, before a civil war. If it got, if it came to that, yeah, yeah it probably would be. Certain states would start um, declaring like secession. Georgia would secede uh, first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't lie. <laughs> but like, uh, I, I just think, and most Americans are lazy, man. They're, they're, yes. they're, they're lazy. It's a bit racist, it's like, but okay. I mean, they. I mean, it's just true. It's like 
I watched the video today, and most Americans probably can't do a one pull up. I'm like, <sighs> okay, so y'all gonna fight a civil war? Y'all, y'all, y'all finna be in the trenches? Y'all finna be killing fellow Americans? How many people on the podcast can do a pull up? <laughs> Uh, no, you, you, you're talking to the Irish who have a history of uprisings where they've said, yeah, come on, everybody go. And the people have just gone, yeah. The Irish are the real gangsters, nah, man. Go to the pub, pub, pub. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go to the pub. Yeah. Has anybody watched the Peaky Blinders? Just oh, yeah. Serious question. Nah. That shit yeah. was good. I watched the start of it at first first series, I think, and then I lost touch with it. Um, I'll, I'll but I only hear good things about it. I'll be honest, I never had respect for British gangsters until I saw Peaky Blinders. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of slow motion. That's, that's what I guess. Are they, um, is there an Irish connection in it, or is it just that the yeah, actors are Irish? Uh, there, yeah, there's the the Irish um, mob, I think, or something like that, isn't it? The IRA plays Pretty a great. role. Yeah. Oh, really? And, and, and Killian Murphy, obviously, because he's mm. fucking Irish as hell. So Irish as hell, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I don't know, you look at so much difference, though, between... You know, like a hundred years ago, you know, a hundred mm. years ago, you had for entertainment, literally the pedestrians, you had people would turn out to these rock stars who would walk. And I kid you not, they would walk in a circle and people would show up in an arena to watch these fucking assholes just walk. Okay. That's how mm. fucking bored people were. Now we can't sit still without our fucking phones in front of us. I can't. Yeah, I can't find out where I'm going without a, GPS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that could be a reason why we're not in the streets every fucking minute because somebody is fucking shit up? In Just April saying. of 2004, I paid money to watch Bob Dylan's back for one and a half hours. Hmm. He yeah, refused but, to make eye contact with me. <laughs> but he knows you, Barry. He doesn't let, want to look at you. Let Let me. Um, let me say the the same thing that you just said in another way, Seamus. So you, you're saying... Fuck you, John. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now we're even. People, people out, are out in the streets protesting about uh, inequality or whatever worthy cause because they've got uh, their smartphones and they're too busy browsing their smartphones and therefore they're not out protesting. Uh, and... Uh, the other way of looking at that is everyone has a very, very expensive smartphone and therefore they're perfectly happy with their lives and they're not out protesting. No, because that's, that. okay, and maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth there, John, but that would be to say that everybody's comfortable and fat and happy, but the, the wealth, uh, the, you know, the disparity is worse than it has been since the Gilded Age. Yes, you know I agree I mean? with that. So, so um, it should be bread as well as circus, surely. In, in, inequality, yes, def, definitely a problem. Uh, from where I sit, it seems to be a bigger problem in the states than in uh, in most countries around the world. I, I'm a, I'm a call bullshit. I'm a call bullshit. Say that like, again, Javier. With who? I'm a call bullshit on the inequality. Yeah, okay, yeah like the it. rich, the rich are richer, right? Uh-huh. Okay, but the poor, even though they're poor. They doing much better than they was a hundred years ago. I mean, that's true. That, yeah, that was my point. Yeah, yes. but I, I get, I get that there's a gap. But hell, being poor today, you might still have a big flat screen TV, AC. You might have a car. You might have food stuff. You can go buy and fill up your fridge with stuff. It's like people are only comparing where they are relative to where other people are in their society. But take it back two hundred right. years ago, three hundred years ago, less, poverty less was totally happier. Different. Like. Uh, 50 years ago, how many people had a refrigerator and a car? 
I mean, uh, when, when, when I was growing up, not everyone had uh, an inside toilet. Well, but I, like when I was growing up, we didn't have central heating. I like when uh, to, to heat the house, the only rooms that got heated had a coal fire in them, and you had to walk to the bottom of the garden and fill up a bucket uh, with coal and bring it in. And I'm trying to explain this to my kids, and they think they look at me like I'm from some uh, other planet. But um, yeah, like so, well, these someone... days, of course, you send the Polish lads down to get the coal for you. <laughs> no kids i was just from the north someone someone who can be on the poverty line today is like um can have access to resources that are beyond the imagination of the richest guy in america because of years technology ago. Yeah. because of exactly. technology it's yes. not it's not because it's not of just, what the, it's, what it's technology what difference yeah, but but when when you say that uh, dismissively, same as I say, because of technology, great, great but news. Also, let's get also, more technology. Yes, but that shouldn't diminish the problem. Long term. This is a card I got from the Irish government. It's not means tested, right? Anybody, rich people can get this, right? I have diabetes, and I haven't paid anything for my diabetes medication. If I if I was on insulin, I wouldn't have to pay anything for it. Mm. My one if only said, that happened in America, because you know, here in America, I've seen people on we, we in America on the news in America saying I have to choose between food or insulin. This exactly. Week. My that would one never said, happen in this country. My, so I've got a similar thing, Barry, uh, but I think it's slightly different. Mine is um, it's called the Scoliosis. drug payment scheme. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get two fifty. Uh, you get two fifty. Is it the max you pay for drugs? Yes. That's right. So brilliant, right? right? It's fucking fantastic. Fucking fantastic. There's a drug I, I get which is otherwise fucking hideously expensive, mm. and I would never be able to afford it. But you can um, get it, you know, cheaper online. Never mind. No, not that one. <clears throat> but the, the 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 scheme that we have in Ireland is <clears throat> okay, Martin. There's well, a maximum price. Um, I think it's about a hundred quid a month. So oh, no, wow, no really? matter what okay. the drug is, if you if you needed a, a super expensive drug in Ireland. Um, they'll give you a drug and the maximum you pay is 100 quid a month and you'll never yeah. pay any more no matter That's how much uh, the drug is. Because the government of Ireland has decided that a part of the function of government is to keep its citizens alive if it can. Yeah, I don't think that's the role of government in America. <laughs> Do you think it should be? Not at all. You don't, don't think, think it should be? I don't think it's the government's job to make keep, sure to Keep people... its citizens alive. No, I don't think that's their job. My, okay. my government's job is to uh, give you the right to pursue your happiness and to give you the right to okay. protect yourself, give you the right to freely speak. It's not their job to make sure that you have everything that you need. Um, so do you, think it should you be, okay. do you think it should be the role of government to play a role in the prices of all uh, medication at all? I think the role of the government should be whatever the people decide the role of government is. And at but, currently, but it's, never been, it's never been decided. They just decided on their own. Well, when we established the government in America, no, 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 no. The process now for the way medication is done, mm -hmm. the the company brings it. Then there's this whole other division that is created by the government that decides. Okay, this is the limit that we will say before presenting to the lobbyists that we can actually say what the price will be, and then lobbyists step in. Lobbyists elected, by the way, play a role in government and yeah. other officials. Also, hike it up beyond that. 
and then yeah. they give it the okay. So government definitely is playing a role. Okay, well, if you don't like the government that you have and that's established, you know, your god, your job is to overthrow that government or vote new people in. Okay, so here's the question: So if if I lived in the U.S. and I felt that that was something that I wanted, like that Barry's described or John's described, with the let's say universal health care or, or whatever, which party would I vote for then? To that would that would bring that in for me? Neither one. Neither oh, well, okay. Well, here we go. No, that's that's why I would argue. And also, in our in our government, they they set the regulation that. Uh, it's the will of the people that the government should enact the will of the people. And if it refuses to do so, then you have the obligation to overthrow that government and establish a new one. So Which we should um, have done like uh, day two, yeah, so, uh, day three. Uh, I mean, really? Yeah. So I'm, I'm under the conclusion like, okay, if you can't vote for it, then the only other option is to overthrow that government and establish a new one. Until people are ready to do that, you get what you get. And I, I just don't know what else to tell people. Well, he, you know? here's the other side of the coin, Barry. Let, let's imagine two wealthy people, Alice and Bob, and they both earn the same high salary and Bob spends all of his money on a Ferrari and Alice uh, diligently saves her money for a rainy day and how they both have the same health concern. And uh, Alice, spends her, Greek. Alice <laughs> spends her money on healthcare and Bob has spent all his money on a Ferrari. Should the taxpayers pitch in to give Bob the same health care that Alice has saved up for? I think uh, everybody, I think the function of government is to do what it can to keep its people alive. Yeah. Is that the Ferraris for everyone. Good yeah, man, sure, Barry. Yeah. Ferraris do, for right? everyone. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, think. I think people should get the government that they want. And I think that your government might, your people in your country might want a different thing from your government. And that's the government y'all have. Um, in America, enough people haven't gotten on board enough to make the change that needs to be made. And until that happens, you got the government that you have. Yeah, I got, I got to push back on Martin there because you, you, you say, Martin, that which party do I vote for to have this uh, socialized healthcare system? And the answer is none. Nobody's proposing that. And you seem to think that's a problem. But uh, the answer to that is, the reason why there's no party proposing that is because nobody will vote for that. If 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 a hundred million people would vote for that, then there would be a party proposing that. So the how... reason why there's not a party proposing that is not a fault in the system. That's not a bug. That's a feature. That just so, reflects the the views of the population. So, so, so do you just think it's a cultural difference between, say, European countries and? the united states absolutely. where yes absolutely yeah? yes um, i think the in the united states the uh the the prevailing culture is if bob spent all his money on a ferrari and alice saved all her money from healthcare, then it's not the job of the government to tax everyone else in order to pay for bob's health care yeah, it's it's interesting can, yeah. can i make a, a comment Please. about the health care yeah. thing that that um well i suppose i'm coming at it from a, a personal um, perspective, but I suppose the I would see the role of the government as to to level the opportunities for people. We spoke about this before: opportunity versus outcome. You know, we don't want the government to to try and artificially, you know, yeah. create yes. equal outcomes. We want them to create equal opportunities. And there's there's a, a, a relatively small percentage of people who've just lucked out. They've just got a certain medical condition or whatever, and 
just because they're in a minority and the majority of people just don't have any family members or anybody who they know who are in that situation, okay, they're always going to vote for their own interests and say, oh, yeah, fuck those people. Like, let them let them get a job, you know. Let, yeah, true. Let that disabled child grow up and get a job and pay for their own health care, you know. But, but surely it's the role of the government to, you know, try and equalise the opportunity for all these people no matter what lot they were dealt you know, by nature or whatever, you know. Do you do you feel um, like that's inherent to every government or people should be able to decide what type of government they have? Or do you think that every government's role should be that? Well, I think that people vote selfishly, but it should be the role of the government to, well, yeah, but the government's voted by the people. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you'd hope that the government would take a more, you know, would help to, to like I say, to give equality of opportunity to all its citizens. Now, now, what does that look like? Because we've known tyrannical governments in the past to say, hey, we're going to take all of these businesses from these people and give it mm. to these people because mm. these people have been leeching off of society and now we're trying to even things out and make it fair. We see equality doesn't always look the same to every government and that can have dire consequences as well. I don't know. I, I, like I say, I'm coming at it from like none of us have free will. We're all coming at it from our own personal view. <laughs> wait, wait, basically, would you my, daughter, my, my daughter would be dead if it wasn't for the no. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. sorry. I was laughing at Barry's message. Yeah. Okay. But would you would you accept, Martin, that you can't have equality of healthcare? I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, <clears throat> let's go back to. Uh, Alice and Bob, you've got two people who, God, Andy's um, are I both I, I, I'm coming wealthy. at it from a more extreme point of view. Like you're saying, okay, you know, somebody's... Uh, all I'm saying is my daughter would be dead if it wasn't for the government... You can provide um, a floor. ...providing for, for her. Yeah, but... Because we, but we that's wouldn't not, have been able to afford to keep her alive. Basically. Yeah, but that, that's not... Well, I'm not talking about the floor. I'm, I'm saying there, there can never be equality of healthcare. Because to have a quality of healthcare, you would have to tell some rich people okay. that they it, can't spend their but, money but, on healthcare. But, but it doesn't mean you should throw your hands up and say, okay, it's just the law of the jungle. <clears throat> okay, but what if what if what if there's an alternative? What if you don't need the government to do it? Are are we saying that there are corporations or companies oh. or people in the community who <laughs> don't have an interest in this? Now you're I, talking I, about begging, like for no, charity, no, no. and that, I mean, that is not what we would like to do for our daughter is to go begging. No, I wouldn't oh, say that sir, you have to please? go beg. I'm saying yeah. that we see examples of people who are in very close communities where they look out for one another, and if somebody has a problem or something like that, they I they don't they, think they, a public healthcare system can work on the honor system. No. That's not going to work. We didn't even always have a public system. To say that you're entitled to something that didn't even exist at one point, who's, who are you to say that you're entitled to something? Like, that's well, other people who has to perform that's that job. Just, well, that's those just are other a people who have to pay for the function jobs. of government is. I think the function of government is to keep their people alive. And you Let don't. me ask you a question. I mean, if well, I created a cure for um, a deadly disease that was killing everyone, let's say I was the one who uh, came up with the vaccine for coronavirus, right? Okay. Do you feel like you're entitled to my vaccine? I feel like it's the government's job to do the best it can to protect the health of its citizens. So would you be in favor of the government barging into my house, re removing me from my property so that they can take my vaccine and, and give it to everybody else in society? If you ch refuse to share it. 
So you are in favor of tyranny. No, I didn't say I'm in favor of tyranny. I said I asked a question. If you refuse to share it. Well, yeah, let's say I created something. It's mine. I made it. Sure. It's my and, property. Right. And I want to do with it as I please, which means not giving it to everyone else. You are in favor of the government coming in my house. I never said that. Why do, you, why, do you, why do you tell me I'm in favor of the government coming to your house? I, I'm asking you, would you be in favor oh. of the government doing that? I'm well, in I favor would, of... I would, if it's going to sell, if it's going to sell, save millions of people, then I would say, yeah, drag so Javier out of the house. You would be in favor of tyranny. Can I give an example? <laughs> Before can I give an example? Okay, so uh, my mother had cancer. And talking to my dad, because she was on Medicaid, Medicare, whichever, you know, the one that when you get old, the government actually says, okay, we'll give you some money now, right? So she's on that program. Uh, we figured up about half a million dollars went to her care through cancer. Now, if I got that cancer today, or even worse, if my son got that cancer today, what were the choices be? Not to get any care? Because sure as hell there's no way that the insurance company that I'm on now, or the insurance company I was on before, or the insurance company I was on before that would actually pay for that. So I guess if I got cancer, or if my son gets cancer, I guess we should just choose death because that's. I mean, you wouldn't have a choice. You you wouldn't have a choice. It's not even a choice to choose death. You would die because you can't get the health care that you need. But at the same time, right, and that should not be the case if it's available. Okay, if it's there, then it should be available for people that need it. Okay, now here's the question. See, it's not as simple as people make it. Should be. All no, right. So, it should be, especially whenever we are we are taxed more, we pay more in taxes than any other nation now. Yeah. But if um, so, the, there's that uh, kind of safety net or uh, bottom that uh, we don't want people to fall below, and I totally accept that. But as a uh, point in principle, there's always going to be some treatments which are absolutely hideously expensive and it's just impossible for everyone to get them. It, it just cannot be done. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you, and, and did you have case, a right to only the, only the people who have enough money to afford them are going to be able to afford them. Well, like, I think there's a difference between getting ass lift, right? <laughs> or nose <laughs> Or a penis extension. No, you're right, Tim. You you can't argue that because some people believe that that actually saves their lives. Javier, do you think people have a right to guns? Do you think people have a right to own guns, Javier? I believe that people have a right to defend themselves. You don't have a right to... You don't have a right for somebody oh, to I sell want to get into this. Gun. I want to get you into this. You have a right to bear arms. We, I've been you halfway right down to, this yeah. discussion with yeah. uh, Javier before. I, I'm going to be. I'm, oh, no, I'm not going to have a discussion. Right I'm just. I'm just asking him if he. Uh, where yeah. when he see, when he uses the word right, what does he mean? Like, is it complete? Like, just okay. a word? Or does it? Oh no, no. I actually have a, a Martin, definition I, of what I mean predict, when I say. I'm right. going to predict Barry doesn't know what he's getting himself in. No, I'm not. No, no. He sees the actual. He's asking a genuine question. It doesn't seem like he's. Go for it, Javier. Oh. I actually have a definition when I mean right. I, I believe a right is something that you can inherently do without imposing on somebody else's will. So I have the right to freedom of speech. That means I don't have to include you in it for me to do it. I don't have to force you to participate. I can open my mouth and speak words. And if I can't, I don't have that right. But also 
um, to right to bear arms means I have the right to defend myself with whatever capable means that I can get my hands on. So if that means me picking up a stick and bashing somebody over the head, if they're trying to attack me, I have the right to do that because it's within my power to do so without forcing somebody else to participate. So yeah, I have the right to bear arms. I don't have the right for somebody to sell me a firearm, but if people sell me a firearm and I can get my hands on a firearm, I have the right to use that firearm in self-defense. Okay. Well, I have to say, Javier, I have never heard a, an interpretation of the Second Amendment before, and this is a first for me, that involved uh, sticks. So, cool. Yes. Sticks, knives, you. anything you can thank, use. Thank to... you for answering the question. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you mean if I ask if you're a gun owner uh, at present, Javier? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, I am definitely a gun owner. I, I I probably try to stay within three feet of a gun wherever I go. Or I have I, I can actually see my stick from here. <laughs> we'll show you. Believe it or not, let it go, Barry. I've seen people use sticks to defend themselves, and it ain't pretty. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we have more in common than you think, have you? Uh, this is why I reject the right to health care because health care is not a natural right. If I ask you, if we go back 500 years ago before they created chemotherapy or something of that sort, do you have a right to chemotherapy? It doesn't exist. Sure. How do you have a right to something? Well, yeah, there's a lot of things uh, 500 years ago we wouldn't be talking about either. But I still so, think I mean, that back then we want to go back the, in the past. So how do you it would be the function I mean, of a government to take care of the people? Everything that is a right was a right 500 years ago, a thousand years ago. Right. That's a right now. I have the right sure. to freedom of speech a million years ago, thousand years ago. If I can speak openly, that doesn't need another person to create something for me to do that right. Okay. Even when it comes to firearms, if firearms didn't exist, I still have the right to defend myself. Would you say I, I would, right? I have a stick. With a stick, with a knife, whatever you can get your hands on to defend yourself, you have a right to do that. Now, right to healthcare 500 years ago. Healthcare depends on other people participating for you to actually enjoy it or to benefit from it. And that would mean that you're forcing other people to participate in something against their will if they so choose not to. So a hundred years ago or a hundred years from now, whenever water and air may be an issue, are we still going to have the same arguments? Mm, I mean, if you don't have access to water that you can freely choose, you don't have a right to water. Sadly, if, 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 okay. if the government decided to, Heard like take all the water and hoard it for itself. You no longer have the right to water, brother. I'm sorry, you don't. Cool. That's just the laws of nature. That's the laws of physics. It's, it's something you just can't make happen. And when you talk about people paying for your health care, that means you're forcing somebody else to spend their money on your health care, and that's a violation of that person if they don't want to do so. You're imposing your will upon somebody else's freedom in order for you to get something that you feel like you deserve. Is it though? Okay, I can't go into a gun store tomorrow and say, I have a right to bear arms, so you have to force me, you have to, I have to force you to give me a gun. No, I have to pay for that gun. I don't have a right to go in there and just say, hey, I got a right to bear arms, so you got to give me all the guns on the wall. That would be ridiculous. Is it the same thing though? Yeah, it is the same thing. Is it though? Don't I have the right to bear arms in America? Shouldn't I be able to walk in the gun store and say, hey, I have a right to this. Let me get it. I guess I don't know, man. But like, all I know is I have I have a card, and I don't have to pay for my diabetes drugs, and I get to live. And that's and good, you know. That's, but that's, that's not great. That's, that's not that's not as simple as that, Barry. So I get. So I'm I, as I explained, I'm part of a that's similar pushback, scheme. Right? I'm part of a similar scheme, and I'm very grateful for it. And uh, 
every year I look and see if the drug that I get will continue to be part of this uh, this scheme. So yes. far, it has been great. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes drugs are added to the scheme. Sometimes they're taken away. Yes, there is not infinite resources. No. Every year, some people draw a line to say these people get these treatments; those people don't get those other treatments. So, um, I totally agree on the idea of a safety net where people are down in their luck. Uh, you can't afford stuff. You need to be uh, helped with basic healthcare. I totally agree. But there's always going to be expensive treatments yes. that the government just cannot afford to provide. Yeah. And then the question is, if someone works really hard and is diligent and saves their money and wants to spend their money on those treatments that the government is not going to provide, are you going to stop them from doing that? I wouldn't stop them from doing it. And I mean, unless you're prepared to stop people spending their own money on healthcare, then there's always going to be inequality of healthcare. There's always going to be some people who can afford this treatment because they have money and this other person doesn't afford the same treatment because they don't have money. And we have uh, the kind of socialized healthcare that uh, you've been describing. I'm, a, I'm in agreement with it. I'm happy to pay more taxes for it. I'm a beneficiary of it. I'll vote for it. But it's not like that implies there's some kind of uh, equality in Ireland. In Ireland, if you have more money, you get better health care. And that's always going to be the case everywhere. So it's not the case that America... I mean, in America, the dials are twisted differently in terms of whether you buy insurance, whether you pay through your taxes. You can argue about the merits of this, that, But I don't the think other. even in Ireland it's not framed as equality of health care. But, the, but then it's... It, it, the, the kind of thing that you're disagreeing with Javier with is this, the, the same things that you're disagreeing with uh, with Javier on are also the case in Ireland. It's, all, it's, it's the case in Ireland and in Sweden and in all of these other countries where you have the most socialized system possible, that some people live because they have money and other people have the same condition and they die because they don't have money. I think I, I think the only point I'm making is, don't look at it as a right. It's a privilege. That's exactly. All, that's, yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. The, that's it's, the same thing. You don't have a right to get it. You, if you have money, you can pay for it. If you don't have money, you might die. That that that's just the way the world works. So, so, so the difference is where the government sets the safety net. Yeah. Yes. And I want people to vote for what they believe in. If if Americans, enough Americans came up tomorrow and said, we want universal health care for everybody, that's enough Americans saying, we're willing to spend our tax dollars to make sure that people don't die for something that they can't prevent. That's but, democracy. But you're, not, you're acting like that, that's not the case in the polls. The, the case in the polls show that that's, that's across the board a winner. The problem is, and again, you know, we've already discussed, you have two parties that are not on board with what the fuck anything absolutely so so i would argue what's the next move we're gonna overthrow this government and install a new one or we're just gonna keep come on i don't know how many americans were in favor of bombing yemen well yeah that's i mean there's, there's or so would much. find it on a map yeah, yeah i mean yeah like i don't how many americans even know about that though 
that's, that's the problem, Barry. You know, that that's something that started under, actually, I think it did not start under Bush and then Obama. Yes. Yeah, so people, so people Bush, blame Obama, and then Trump. See, this you know, is just a, like uh, kids in cages, right? I mean, that started under Obama, mm-hmm. but it was only a problem whenever, you know, the yeah. orange guy came in power. So. It's it's selective. The media has a, a big influence on what you care about and what you don't care about. If they can put something in front of you and tell you this is the issue that we're focused on and everybody's going to focus on it. Um, Like I said, I can only tell people what their options are. If you don't like the government you have and voting is not an option, the only other option is to overthrow the government. I, I'm sorry, but that's the options you have. So until you're willing to do that or voting starts working, I don't know what else to tell people. All right, but, how many guns do you really have out here? I mean, we need to. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I'm, I'm that type of person. If I feel like something, I, I want something, I'll go get it. It's just sadly that not enough enough Americans are pissed off enough or willing to take that extra step. I can't change that. I live in the democracy that I live in. And right now, the government that we have, they don't provide universal health care. I think that, my personal opinion, I think the government should cover anything that is life threatening especially something that's not your fault. Um, but as, small, as far as getting like checkups and stuff like that, I think that that's something that you should have to pay for. But anything that will life alter your life or kill you if you don't get the treatment, I think as a citizen, I'm willing to pay for that to, to make sure people don't go through that. But I do want to clear up that people should stop treating these things as rights because they, they don't have an obligation to somebody else's work or medicine. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, he's speaking some good sense then, Javier. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Uh, Fuck you, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Who keeps inviting this guy on here? Every time he's on here, he says some shit and he causes problems. What the fuck? God damn it, Martin. Hey, uh, what about this? Um, Y'all said Matt Dillon Hunter had a thing going on. Oh, shit. Call? Here we go. Uh, over two hours. I don't know if dude, we can come even get on, into man. that. <laughs> Updaters. Updaters. It's we need, midnight, we need man. Come on. Oh, fuck. It's 7.13 here, PM. <laughs> Give us uh, this TLDR version. Who, who wants to do that? Do you want me to do that or somebody else? Go for it, Seamus. All right. The, the, the short and curlies, if you will. Uh, these are parlance of our times. Uh, Matt being Matt. Uh, was a board member, then had a choice between being a board member or the host of his show, host slash producer. So he chose, the, you know, to become, you know, producer, host, yada, yada. But couldn't let go of the power of mm-hmm. being in charge of everything else because he is Matt and Matt is, oh, you know, so powerful. Uh, so... A incident occurs on another show where a caller calls in. This caller is a theist. He is also somebody that had outed and uh, attacked personally Matt's partner, who is trans. And when attacking her, he posted photos of them pre-transition. So Matt took it personal, which is fair. And put it upon the board and everybody else. Hey, we need to do something about this. We need to, you know, you know, not have this happen again. Okay. Uh, first, before you go beyond that, I don't know if taking a call from an asshole 
should be something because Ken Hovind's an asshole. Uh, do we want to go down a list of assholes that are theists? I mean, you know, mm. <laughs> but that's another, I guess, argument. Anyways, so he's upset about that. Then, uh, he voices opinion. They ignore it at first, according to him. Then uh, they issue an apology, but it is on the Discord, and he doesn't see it, doesn't understand it. But again, I'm only saying what has been said by Matt, so yeah. that's where I'm getting this information. So he doesn't, yeah, it's not his job, so he's not picking it up, right? Uh, so he says, hey, your apology or whatever that was uh, actually didn't address the folks in the LGBTQ community, uh, so we need to make a bigger apology. They disagree. He says they're wrong. They disagree. He threatens to quit. So, between him throwing the I'm quitting party, they go ahead and apologize. And also, so that he comes back and says, well, the apology was fine, but it was only on the website, so we need to do it also on the shows that we host. So, mm. again, he's threatening to quit. They're not responding to him because, as some of you in the queue or on the show here would say, hey, if somebody says, fuck you, I'm going to quit, are you really going to talk to somebody after that? You know. Anyways, so he says... That he's asking him, but they're not answering him. Are you going to apologize? So then they apologize. Not only do they apologize on the one show he wanted, but also on the others. Hey, it's more than he asked for. And what does Matt think? It's a conspiracy. They did more than I asked. They don't want me here. Because that's what somebody would do. Hmm. So then he says, fuck it. And he quits. <laughs> That's my summation of Matt Delahanty and the ACA. That's what he said in the video. He said that because they did more than he asked, he felt it was suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the ACA oh, uh, is the atheist community of Austin, right? That's yes. correct. They're Which I am not experience. endorsing you're saying show. that they're a good organization. They have credible flaws. And I'd also point out that it's funny that the same guy who critiqued everybody that ever left that organization for throwing any kind of shade whatsoever – up the whole lot of fucking shade in 20 minutes, you know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, trust me, I'm really holding back here, and trust me, everybody else knows this. You don't have to I hold have back with me. To say about Matt Delhunt. So, uh, let me. What is it that I constantly hear? A lot of these atheist movements have a lot of falling outs and a lot of like internal. It's like trying to herd cats. Yeah, yeah. because we have nothing at all to, to 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 put us together. Nothing at all unites us, except we don't believe in a god and we want to react against religious bullshit. That's it. So why I, I never understood? Like I, I I I'm only thirty. When I when the atheist movement kicked oh, off, I was fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean when when the atheist movement kicked off and the four horsemen and all of that stuff was going on, I was in a jail cell somewhere, right? And oh, stop bragging. <laughs> yeah, you Go thought ahead. you had us pissed off at 30. Now you're in a jail cell. Wish I was in jail when all that started off. Barry's got a tattoo. Uh, I got a tattoo. <laughs> I hear this story over and over in different contexts. Um, a lot of people falling out from their little atheist communities and stuff of that sort. Um, That's why, though, atheists don't agree on anything. 
Yeah, and I, I just never felt the need to be a part of an organization or anything like that. Um, so you fell out with them before you ever joined an organization, is what you're saying. You pre-fell uh, out with them. Yeah, pretty <laughs> good, much. Good, good, good. Fuck you, I agree with everything you're saying, but fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been that way with anything, though. Um, I, I've never been much of the, like, group type of person. Like, I always was an independent thinker, and I just wanted to, like, do my own thing. And the moment you start to join a group, then... You gotta, you kind of gotta go along with whatever the group is doing or saying. You gotta kind of endorse yeah. that in order to remain a true member of it. And I think was the moment I started figuring out atheists were creating all these groups, I saw major conflict coming coming yeah. up because, I mean, like you said, it's like herding cats. But yeah. even more so, there's no glue. There's no, there's nothing to stick these people together except mm. them being anti something else, mm. and yeah. that's like anti religion. Um, and I, I just think. I don't follow Matt Dillahunty. Uh, I never was like one of the big people that watched him. Uh, I try to stay neutral in my mind because I know if I start listening to this content creator or this content creator, they'll influence my thoughts. And then I don't want to start trying to be like this person or speak some of the same things this person is saying. But I would say get rid of all the atheist groups. You know, if there's a cause that y'all need to fight, come together and fight that cause and then disband. But this need to always be like in, caho- in cahoots with each other. I just think that it's it's a recipe for disaster because now they're splintering like off, right? Because Antifa has no like crowning points, so they just all agree on anti-fascists. So well, there's, a, there's a market for lobby groups, I think, in democratic countries. Yeah, I I, I think it's it, it's important, but at the same time, if you don't have a strong leader, somebody that glues everybody together through like some kind of ide- some kind of mission statement that really people believe in and, that, and know what they're fighting for. Once you've done something, most people are sticking around trying to figure out, okay, what's not, what, what next? And then they start to pick at little things and start like, oh, I don't like this person because he said this or he said that. And it's just like you're harming yourself more than you're helping yourself. Matt Dillahunty and this little incident he had with the ACA might be harming the atheist community more than it's helping them. Because now people are drawing lines <laughs> like, I'm with Matt Dillahunty or I'm with the ACA or whatever the case may be when you could just be like, oh, no, I'm an atheist. And if there's something to fight for, I'll be there for you, brother. Just call me, and I'll be there for you. I, I would also like to add that it's also hypocritical of of Matt to throw the little tantrum he did. Sorry, Whenever I inhaled I, some Coca-Cola. I'm sorry. Easy, easy. You're supposed to inhale Coke. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he, that, he was threw, that was a good one. That was a good He threw a fit uh, uh, over the rationality <laughs> rules, and he got pissed at the folks that were against that, which was a trans issue. But now that it, it personally affects him now that it's, it's bigger than that, then he wants to react. Again, by the way, it's Jimmy. really just a case of somebody, somebody's ego that's outgrown themselves. Yeah. That's really what it is. I speaking had, speaking of Austin, I, I want to know if John Hudson in the comments is still in Texas. And if all the supercars oh. he's seen are going to the Grand Prix. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Definitely the latter. I think it's interesting what Javier says about the 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 you know lack of a central sort of cohesive sort of point. Because I think there's some atheist groups in the world that I've seen that do it quite well. That have a quite clear, but quite general sort of mission statement. You know, it's the mission to remove all references to religion from the constitution of this country or whatever. But then there's other atheist groups like national or international atheist groups that they have they have quite detailed position statements on all sorts of topics that aren't necessarily related to the atheist movement, you know, and then you think, well, atheist plus. Yeah. Well, something like that, you know, and just think, well, I, you know, I just want, um, yeah. 
uh, you know, equal, let's say I want just all references to religion removed from our constitution. Okay, that's my goal. But then there's all these position statements. If I join this national atheist organization, I have to sign up to all these position statements. And like, okay, crazy. I might agree with all those positions, but like, why should every other atheist agree? Like, they're not to do with atheism. You know, it's you just general have to be sort okay of. Okay, with gay people. Well, for example, like, okay, I would agree that yes, you know, whatever position you're going to say, Barry, I would probably agree with. But why Dude, should, yeah. why is that a position that's associated with atheism necessarily? Exactly, it's become a political movement instead of mm. uh, focusing on exactly the specific thing that they want. They want mm. to get religion mm. out of the government. That's a great goal. That's something that we mm. should all be achieving. Even mm. religious people should be fighting mm. for that because nobody yes. wants yes. one religion mm. getting precedent over the other. So like a lot of them want to be inclusive. Yeah. You know, they want to they want to be seen as inclusive or to actually be inclusive. Well, that's that's the problem. It's humanism, right? That's the argument of whether or not Fucking atheism humanism. and humanism should be the same, right? So <laughs> I'm not a you humanist. You have to have that argument. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm with uh, you, Javier. Yeah, I, I try to debate David Smalley about humanism because I don't, I, I'm not a humanist, but he didn't want to take on that debate because he felt like if I didn't have anything to replace it, then I shouldn't probably beat up on it. But that's neither here nor there. I think it was a valid reason of his. But oh fuck, David Smalley! You don't need something. You don't need to replace something to be critical of it. I know, right? I, I care about the truth. I try to focus on the truth and trying to figure out like let's challenge each other's ideas and get to some kind of truth. And some people they feel like challenging certain things will hurt hurt it. And I just don't think that it would. But regardless, I think that when you start making these declarations for these different groups, you become more of a political ideology. Now everybody has to buy into all of these different um, mission statements that you've created in order to be aligned with all of these other groups. And sadly, that's the worst thing for atheism, because I want atheists who are conservatives. I want atheists who are Democrats, Republicans. I want atheists in all these different walks of life, not because I want them to follow the party lines. But I want them to influence them and I want them to change them. And you cannot change Republicans if you're not going to have atheist Republicans pushing that note in that party. And so, so yeah. if a group that said that uh, all atheists should support uh, the Second Amendment, would you agree with that? No, not at all. Okay. I like the fact that some atheists don't. Like, I want to have a conversation. I like free thinkers. I don't want anybody trying to be a team or be in a bubble. Because once you join a bubble, everybody starts feeding each other the same ideas over and over. And now you're in an echo chamber. And anybody who comes and challenges that, we see how atheists act on social media sometimes. Yeah, all right. It was just that one time. (laughs) (laughs) It's human nature, though. And that's one thing I realized about humans in general. It doesn't matter whether you're atheist, religious, or whatever. Humans tend to like try to find people like-minded. And yeah. then it kind of gets dangerous from there because now yeah. it's like my group versus your group because you don't accept the same things we accept. And I, th- I just think that I like the fact that I'm an atheist conservative. Most people who come across me is like, what? But guess what? There are conservatives who don't think I should be a conservative. And guess what? I get to talk to those conservatives and now I got them thinking like, oh, that makes sense. I'm changing the conversation with their conservatism. And I know that there are atheist groups like um I know y'all was going at it with um Sheedy and them uh yeah. atheists for liberty atheists for liberty and they're atheist trying to, yeah yeah and he wanted me to join his whole group and I denied I bet he did. like yeah and I, I rejected it and I don't want that and I don't want oh conservative atheists are uniting like I don't need that I want people to think for themselves period and let's let's be all things 
And you make me sharper. I make you sharper because I'm going to challenge you. You're going to challenge me. And I don't, at the end of the day, I don't have to accept something because I'm a part of your group. There's a lot to be said for ad hoc lobby groups. Yeah. Like an international alliance. Like an <laughs> of a- easy, easy now. <laughs> How would that even work in practice, Martin? Come on. Yeah, really. Grief. Yeah, we'd have to have bylaws and shit. We have to like, like actually, like go down and actually. I know, right? And and people would have to like be adhered to, like members and shit. (laughs) Fuck that! Wait, is Shirley Rivera involved? I mean, well, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Given that it's getting uh, a bit late, Seamus, we need to plug Javier's show again. Well, well, if you want, do we really do we <laughs> really need <laughs> need to plug at this point? I need to plug y'all show on my channel. That's what I need to did do. Did you say the uh, last show you did was with the white supremacists? Uh, uh, it wasn't the last show I did, but I I did do one relatively like it was a few months back. But um, okay. do you want to plug the white supremacists? No, don't do I, I I'm going to watch that show, Javier. I'd be very interested in seeing that. Yeah, you should um, watch. Yeah. Uh, you should watch Javier and uh, Steve Hill. That's oh, my that, favorite that's episode. Well, of no all one tells time. me what to do, so I'll be watching the White Supremacist <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an individual, so. Well, uh, Barry, you on Twitter? I can send you that link or something like that. Thank um, you. Yeah, uh, one of y'all send me um, Barry's Twitter handle on Twitter, and I'll reach out oh, to him. Like, <laughs> on well, all services across all social media, I have the same handle. He is so Barry. One Don't one. you know? <laughs> So, um, yeah, but the Javier Javier show, I'm on Twitch, but it's under Mr. JJ himself. Um, I'm also on uh podcast at the Javier Javier show, YouTube, the Javier Javier show and rumble the Javier Javier show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. JJ himself. Um, I'm just getting started, but I enjoyed this conversation with all of you and I look cool. forward to having more conversations with any of you. I'll be you. following you on Twitter as well. And I enjoy being infuriated by your tweets. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I, yeah, I sometimes I, lot. Yeah, sometimes I just say crazy stuff because I like I, I try to push. Oh, I never do that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hard to go at because I'm like the black atheist conservative guy, and it's like he's a minority. Oh, I'm gonna go minority. at you, Javier. <laughs> I'm gonna go at you. Easy, easy, guys. Enjoy. Get a room. Yeah, come, come at yeah. me, bro. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Don't haze me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll do my second uh, Mia Copa and say that, that uh, again, we won't do this again, as in it won't be this long, I hope, because it, it, I couldn't believe it's been over a year since we talked, man, so we gotta definitely yeah. got to do this again. Before. Yeah, I live stream so. all the time on my channel now, and I do it for two, three hours at a time, so uh, y'all are welcome to come join. I, awesome. I, I take cool. call-ins and everything, so so cool. good. The new Matt Dillahunty, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin, um, Martin and Barry, y'all have a podcast together? No, oh, oh. we're just two guys. No, like, we're just, friends. We're just two guys. Just friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're associates. Oh, you guys are friends. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we don't go around to each other's houses, and you know, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. We swap wordle scores in the morning. That's that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy. I got to talk him on Sunday. That's more than enough. What the fuck? <laughs> All of my friends Every are online. So. If I can help it. Yeah. <laughs> All my friends are online. So, um, oh, that's uh, cool. yeah, I don't nice have any friends in real life. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I hear you, man. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. That's it. Uh, we'll catch you all again in most likely two weeks. Bye, uh, th- thanks again uh, to Javier. Javier, of course, the usual crew of clandestine <laughs> uh, jack offs that we are, uh, as always. 
River's Freedom of Thought can really give it away. I'll take it away. Love that was good. How are you? Cheers, man. Take care. Glory. One in a million, a million, the one villain. Too hot to be in the kitchen. I'll end up melting the ceiling.